0: <laughs> we did
1: such a good job with yeah. that.
0: It really turned out, I think, even better than I thought that it would.
1: Yeah, I mean, by the way, that wasn't us. That was Blink-182. It That's Tom DeLonge. Tom DeLonge came yeah, in obviously. and he was like, hey guys, I wanted to record a opening for you. Yeah, when when I'm
0: not exploring UFOs or leaving <laughs> roses by the steers, <laughs> I like to listen to your shul.
1: <laughs> he's from like Orange County or something, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. But he's yeah. a UFOsman. No, okay. Man, I'll tell you what, I have a fundamental belief in UFOs in that things are seen in the sky and people don't know what they are. I think I've seen a lot of birds that I would describe as as UFOs. (laughs) Probably like pieces of trash flying out of people's
0: cars. I don't know what that is.
1: I'm sure there's been some sort of... I mean, in LA when I was there uh, like uh, maybe a year and a half ago during the summer-ish, there was just this huge streak across the sky that looked like it was a missile or something yeah and then the the military denied like anything by the way this was seen by all of los angeles okay so everybody who walked outside saw this huge streak um military denied anything and then i think they later said that they were they were testing a rocket or something it's Mm. like oh good that it was that close To (laughs) to L.A. LA. So either you're (laughs) lying to us about what was flying around, or you shot a missile over L.A. (laughs) Either way, what bliss. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Welcome, Dead and Lovely listeners, to this week's installment of Dead and Lovely, your absolute favorite horror movie review podcast in all the known multiverse and beyond. Here with the host of the most, it's me, Uncle Ben.
1: And me, Hollywood Steve Oh man, that's it's almost a ghostly spooky. vibrato It's getting wow. spooky
0: in here We're getting into our, what, fourth week of, of yeah. Halloween goodness You're D- on the show? Hey, Halloween itself, next Wednesday Yeah, it's coming so. up real soon This season has gone by way too fucking fast I'm yeah, just like still seriously. decorating and stuff I haven't yeah. had any time It's been hectic
1: I feel like I haven't watched any horror movies New I know shit, I have really? But yeah. I, I haven't watched as many as I normally would
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had time to watch a handful, but um, yeah, nowhere near as much as I usually yeah. do this time of year. It's been jam-packed. Uh, as you guys who listen to our recent Halloween minisode oh, yeah. know, I am recovering from a sexy phlegm voice attack. <laughs> and you know what I heard is the perfect remedy for like dealing with seasonal congestion and stuff like that? I bet it's a seasonal beer. You know what? It couldn't hurt. Let's try one now. All right. How about that? So today, to start us off, we've got ourselves an Abita. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This is their pecan ale. Okay. Which uh, is an ale brewed with Louisiana pecans.
1: All right. Yeah, that means they got their voodoo pecan. Now some people are listening and going, "What the hell's a pecan?" Yeah. You might call it a pecan. You may if you're a Yankee. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you're from our area, it's a pecan. Yeah.
0: I like an Abita
1: rig pretty good. Okay, yeah. I um I've had a good pecan beer before. Yeah. But most of the time when I've had them they've been oversweet. So let's let's hope for the best here.
0: I think I overdid my pour on here. Hey, all right. right there. There. That's okay.
1: Let's just, let's just even that out. Okay. Right. Let's, let's feel a little bit of that. Boom. Mixing back and forth making a bomb.
0: I think the ones that I've had that are the best as far as a pecan scenario yeah. are that um what's it called? Lazy Magnolia Pecan ale okay. It's really laid back. Like All it's right. not super sugary or pecan ish. Okay. So it's Let's not try bad. This but out. I generally like a of stuff, so we'll oh. find out. It smells, smells nice. yeah, it smells really like yeasty mm-hmm. up front. It doesn't actually smell very pecan
1: smells like it smells like bread. Mm-hmm. Good. That
0: is not bad.
1: No, yeah, it's not.
0: Uh, I would say oh. it almost more has like a like the interior of a pecan pie kind of flavor like yeah the, the treacle element
1: yeah hmm.
0: hmm I'm
1: pretty okay with that again not too super sugary no it's okay uh, it's actually kind of uh, kind of a weak flavor mm-hmm not a lot of flavor to it it's a bit of a bitterness on the back end yeah it's that's fine it's drinkable yeah. Honestly I'm
0: pretty tired of all these like Oktoberfest kind of beers and stuff mm-hmm. we've been drinking So it's just like
1: yay something different Yeah at least it's not a Martson What have you been watching this week Steve anything good? Uh yeah on your recommendation and the recommendation of several um, of our our uh, Facebook group yeah. and People on Instagram and Twitter uh, Checked out mom and dad Yeah mm-hmm. With old Nick Cage With old Nick Cage, Selma Blair Um Man, I was really surprised by it. Okay. I yeah. didn't I know I you went into it, it being like, this is not for me. Well, yeah, because I, I don't like uh, Nick Cage at his nuttiest usually. This like, is beyond his nuttiest. He's real nutty, yeah. But the thing is, he's not in it that much. No, not really, actually. Yeah, yeah. and it, it actually developed in a good way. It was very interesting. I liked the way that, uh, you know slowly developed but got real brutal real quick oh yeah like it was just like okay shit's on Uh uh-huh um i i did like the bit of like relationship stuff between nick cage and selma blair yeah it was a real uneven bit because nick cage was so insane yeah every single moment except during that conversation right yeah well i mean i guess when he smashed up that pool table, I guess that was pretty. <laughs> he went a little no, overboard. You know I guess. He was always he was always okay, crazy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it was still it was still a sweet, interesting conversation. Yeah. And I I was surprised. I don't know. I didn't get what the message was at the end. But I thought I feel like it thought it had a message.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the message just in general is that like. You want to kill your kids, but guess what? Your parents wanted to kill you, and guess yeah. what? Their parents, for them, wanted to kill them. Yeah, I think it's the kind of thing where it's like nobody will either love you or hate you mm-hmm. more than the people that created you.
1: Yeah, I loved Bokeem Woodbine's um, little cameo in there where he was. The- Who's that? Bokeem Woodbine is. Uh, he's in Fargo. That sounds he's- like a bunch of sound effects. <laughs> I'm not sure it's a person. Check him out. You know, Bokeem Woodbine also played uh, Shocker in. The new Spider Man movie. Oh, yeah, tight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Anyway, he was the guy they were interviewing. Oh, okay. Yeah. It just felt right. Yeah. I mean, I see what all these other people are doing to their kids, and it's wrong. Yeah. But for me, like, it was the right thing to do. I love the way that they played it, (laughs) Tori. It was only parents wanting to kill their own kids. Only their own kids. Yeah, the responses to, like, uh, you know, when the one lady kills the main girl's friend. Uh, and the main girl comes up, and the mom sees her. She's like, oh, hey. Yeah, like, dude. Like, no big deal Nothing that big, she just yeah. killed her daughter. I love
0: a lot of the editing and stuff in the movie, too. Uh-huh. Like, there's a lot of really fast-paced stuff, and then it'll yeah. cut back to a flashback. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't even necessarily tell you you're watching a flashback, but you just figure out,
1: oh, okay, yeah. that, that didn't just happen. That it happened a It doesn't seem while disorienting ago. most of the time. I, it seemed like, oh, yeah, I know, I know that this yeah. is not in the present. But yeah. So it was better than you expected. It was better than I expected. Um, I think Nick Cage could have toned it down some. Okay. And still... Like, he could have gone... He went crazy... Before he needed to go crazy, that's the problem. I I made it more crazier when he went crazy. Yeah, if he had been calm and normal and and every day, but like he was crazy from the moment he steps on screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: He kind of took it from a ten to an eleven over the course of the movie.
1: (laughs) He actually rips off the knob and just starts throwing it at people.
0: (laughs) It saws all.
1: It's sauce. Oh. oh, yeah.
0: I loved it, man. It, and it's just—it's so profoundly fucked up in a lot of ways. And I like too how you just kind of keep getting more layers of, well, what does this mean for pregnant ladies, you know? Yeah. Or what does this mean for grandparents? Oh like god, the way that just the, the onion kind of peels itself over the course of the movie. Yeah,
1: that birth—that birthing scene. Holy pretty brutal. cow! Yeah, is fucking crazy, man. Yeah. Nice, dude. I also started House. Our Haunting of Hill House. We both have. It's so confusing considering that there is the house on Haunted Hill.
0: Yeah. The Haunting. Yeah. The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. It's like, how many combinations of these words can we come up with? The (laughs) Hill House Haunting.
1: That Hey. Well, there you go. That's Triple H. That's better than all the other ones. Hunter
0: Hearst Helmsley. Hunter Hearst Helmsley (laughs) in The Hill House Haunting.
1: Yeah. uh, but we, I've only watched one episode. You've watched three. Yeah, I watched so like three gonna, episodes this week. we're gonna put off talking about that until next week. But we'll both. I'll finish it. It's yeah. No problem. Um, it had potential. I don't. I don't want to say too much about it yet. But. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So far, it's 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 interesting. Uh-huh. Uh And I don't think I'm spoiling anything for you by telling you it kind of takes a little while for the horror elements to kick in. Yeah. There's there's quite a lot of it that seems to be more like family drama. Oh, okay. Kind of based, but. Mm-hmm. But it is well done so far. Okay. I've heard from a lot of people, including other like, hardcore horror fans, that some stuff that happens later on is like fucking nightmares. Yeah, so.
1: I've read some of the same stuff on yeah like, Reddit and stuff. So
0: far, I'm, I'm enjoying it, though. Yeah.
1: So, let's not say too much, because there's <laughs> definitely a lot to talk about there yeah. in the future. I
0: watched a couple things this week. A couple, two, couple three two, three things this week. Mm-hmm. So for one, the other night,
1: uh, I watched the others. Okay. Which is still awesome. It is still an awesome I, yeah. movie, man. It doesn't depend on the twist, no, to be awesome. Yeah. yeah,
0: and you know the thing about it is, is like compared to a movie like, like let's say like The Sixth Sense, right? Mm-hmm. You know, th- these are both movies that are built around a twist, obviously. Yeah. And it's like after you watch The Sixth Sense, you can watch the whole thing and be like, oh, it was so obvious. It was right there in front of me the whole time. Sure. But even after you watch the others, even if it's been like a while since you watched it, and mm-hmm. you go
1: back you're still kind of like, this is pretty well hidden. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it wasn't expected at all. No. The, and so the twist actually has meaning because then more story happens after the twist and the others. Right. Yeah. Like there's more to it. Whereas kind of the end of The Sixth Sense is I see dead people and and you're you're one of them. And yeah. then he's like, oh, and then it just like replays all the moments. Right. And then that's the end. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're right, though. But, it just kind of keeps going past the twist. Yeah, this this has more story to it because of the twist. The right. twist is just a revelation, and then there's there's more for us to know. Yeah,
0: I feel like it should definitely be on a lot more people's like lists of best horror flicks, though. Because really, it's, it's beautifully
1: shot, beautifully mm-hmm. acted. Nicole Kidman's really good. Yeah, yeah.
0: great soundtrack. Uh-huh. It's like I really have very little to complain about. Chris Eccleston's about that in that, too. The Doctor. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy shit he's like the husband guy right mm-hmm. i hadn't realized until you just said that, that that's him because he looks so like worn out and mm-hmm. stuff
1: he looked tired he did he looked real tired <laughs> he looked real tired.
0: i also watched night of the demons awesome holy was it the first shit. time you saw it yes uh, okay it is amazing yes it
1: is holy shit night of the i demons too. it also a fun time is it good yeah i mean i don't know that it's As good as the first one, but...
0: Yeah. It's still fun. I had such a fun time watching it. It is, like, exactly what you imagine when you imagine an 80s horror movie. Yeah. Like, it is essential
1: watch. I saw that the same night that I first saw Carrie oh wow so to me they're equal classics almost yeah but I haven't watched Night of the Demons as recently as I've seen Carrie so yeah I'll have to watch it again I know it's streaming on something isn't it
0: uh Night of the Demons I think is on Prime yeah Yeah, I watched it on Prime I'll check that out it's it kind of has a lot in common with like Return of the Living Dead Uh uh-huh you know where there's there's kind of some punk rock stuff yeah. in there, and even the soundtrack. I loved that stuff on there. Yeah. as a
1: kid. I loved anything that had the punk rock stuff in it. Hell like yeah, Nuke 'em High and, yep. and like the, a lot of trauma movies Uh-huh. had tons of that stuff. But yeah,
0: I loved it, man. Linnea Quigley, she cannot go a movie without nope. just taking her drawers off. Got, I guess just
1: got to remove that clothing. And dude,
0: some cool special effects too. Like mm-hmm. when she when she like sticks that lipstick tube into her boob, mm-hmm. and it just disappears. Crazy. It's so cool. It is. Apparently, it was like a gelatin bust that they made, because gelatin will like uh, has like memory and will
1: regain its shape. Yeah, you know, so you can poke it and it'll go right back to how it was. A gelatin bust. Yeah, I'd like to have a gelatin bust of myself made or Lionel Richie. A, a Ooh, gelatin bust of ro- Lionel Richie. Definitely better. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. definitely better. That's a good choice. I loved it. I
0: cannot recommend it enough. Okay. Now, Steve, let me ask you another question about. Something that we watched last week. I mentioned earlier, we did that Halloween 2018 mini set yes, about did. it. I don't know about you, but I'm the kind of guy that I can leave a theater and be
1: like, I was in love with it. And then the next day be like,
0: wait a second.
1: Yeah. Are you that kind of person? Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. But most, most of the time I walk away either hating something... Or, or lo- loving it. But sometimes that love turns into hate overnight. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes. So now that we've had a couple of days to settle on it,
0: what do you think? You got any further thoughts about it or want to change? What was your rating? I think like an eight or eight and yeah. a half. Yeah, so I couldn't give it anything lower than an eight for Okay. Sure. All right. So if you're thinking about an eight going into it, where are you at now? You had any more thoughts about it? Uh, It's great.
1: Yeah? Yeah. The more yeah. I thought about it, the more I liked it, uh, the more like um, I considered the the storytelling how everything went it all seems really well balanced and okay. well done I didn't have um, any problem with it other than the stuff that we talked about on our our mini so yeah with, yeah you know maybe new Loomis is a little lame mm-hmm. I think though I did say this to somebody on Facebook I think that there probably is a cut of this movie where new Loomis is explored a little bit more I hope so so yeah. that the twist with him makes sense. Yeah. I should hope so. Yeah. I, I that think was there's probably a longer cut to this movie, maybe 10 to 15 minutes longer Probably that could tighten some of those stories up. I still really like it. I still really yeah. like it a lot. Like, I think as I've thought about it some
0: more, I've just realized that there were a few plot devices that definitely seemed like they were maybe first draft and maybe it was like, eh, we'll, we'll figure out some better yeah, we'll way. Yeah, figure to, it out later on. And then they just never did. They got like, we'll caught up in the really good parts. out how to get parts. rid of that cell phone.
1: Yeah, exactly. Later on. Yeah, there's a dance, I don't know. <laughs> and well, then I, the, Like, yeah, like the talent coordinator and stuff is like, alright, we got the cheerleaders for the dance scene and they're like, is that what we decided on? Yeah. To do? Okay, so we're still gonna just make... All right. I thought that was a placeholder, but Uh, okay. I mean, everybody's already here, so. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I was thinking about it and stuff, even like, let's say the podcasters, right? Uh huh. Like, literally, their only purpose in the whole movie Mm -hmm. are to do exposition for us, to tell us what's been happening in the meantime, introduce New Loomis, and get Mike his mask back. Yeah. That's the biggest thing they contribute to the plot, actually, is that they're the reason he gets the mask back. Because otherwise, it would have been like. what mike has to go through the prison and find the vault that holds his mask or like yeah. break into the the haddonfield town crime museum and
1: <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's like that's true that th- would have been that would have been lame
0: yeah because myers has to have the mask yeah you know i, I don't think there's any way they could have made this with an unmasked myers walking around
1: i think the podcaster angle is not that bad though considering uh you know the popularity of of a true crime documentary and true crime sure. podcast. Oh yeah, like, that was a good way to frame it for yeah. sure.
0: So I don't know. I guess there's just a few things in there that I have thought about that I'm like, okay, that that could have probably been explained or gotten that character to a certain destination in a cleaner, better way. Yeah. But I still really like it. Yeah, me too. I, I think I would knock it down about a half point from a where half I was point. at. Yes, yeah, so I think. Oh man. What did I rate? I rated eight or eight and a half. I don't remember. I think I said eight. So I'd say seven and a half. I still think it is the best Halloween sequel.
1: Yeah. It's the best one. I would agree with that. You know. For sure. So
0: definitely go and see it. Listen to that that review on last week's episode and check out the video review on our YouTube
1: channel. It's no different than the podcast. Actually, the podcast has a little bit more on it because the video cut out at a certain point. But you get to see our faces. Dude, the and video. And a close has up of my next call Hell yeah, you do.
0: The, the video definitely got way more sex appeal.
1: That's way more sex appeal. Oh, we put it sure. on Red Tube even. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. We put scar porn. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, People yeah. love it. Sexy Boy shows the yeah. scars. Most people don't even get to that point. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like a few minutes. They've in. already jazzed by then, they jazzed everywhere. Yeah. It's uh-huh. over. It's over.
0: Yeah, man. It's been a good week. It's been fucking busy. I look forward to celebrating Halloween coming up this week. Yeah. Uh, but my God, I, I think that our Halloween is going to have to run like two weeks into November because... Yeah, you got to make up time. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. seriously, it's like I'm still putting up decorations right now and it's, what is today, the 22nd, 23rd? Yeah. Something like that. And it's like, I'm, I don't want to put this stuff up and then immediately take it down next week. So yeah, I'm calling for... Overtime for Halloween. Listen, Halloween I, overtime.
1: I think there should be Halloween overtime anyway. What else are we doing those first two weeks of November that we shouldn't still be just watching horror movies and keep up, you know, cool spider decorations and well, stuff? I gotta have at least the whole month to thaw out my sixty-pound
0: mega turkey I got at Walmart. That's true. In time for Thanksgiving, <laughs> uh-huh. right?
1: Yeah. Uh, so that's mainly what I'm doing. Okay. But
0: that's that's mainly hands off. Yeah.
1: That doesn't take much work on your part. Not too bad. Really, it's just the environment. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> now, Steve, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about 2018's Hereditary. Yeah. Which scares the fucking dog shit out of me. <laughs> Holy moly! This movie is just scarring beyond belief yeah. for me. I think it's easily the best horror flick of 2018.
1: Um, may, maybe so. I can't think of anything better. Yeah. Yeah. I have to think about it. Yeah. Veronica? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, that paella. Dad loves it. <laughs> Dad loves, loves that, that paella. paella. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I think that it's definitely a, a phenomenal fucking movie. And whenever I saw it, whenever it came out in theaters this year, it scared the shit out of me. Yeah. So, I think before we get into our review portion, as we... Slide ever so sexually into the preview palace. Welcome to the
1: preview palace.
0: I'd like for us to both present a top five in sequential order from five to one.
1: Five top to five. one, baby. <laughs> one in <laughs> <and> five.
0: <laughs> of the movies that have scared the shit out of us uh-huh. the most or perhaps just like made the biggest impact or made you feel the worst, creeped you out. Yeah. Just the five movies that have deeply and profoundly affected you the most. Because I know there's definitely a handful in my life that I can look back on and be like, well, mm-hmm. that damaged me intensely.
1: So let's start off at number five each. What's your number five on your well, list? Well, this one's going sound no one stupid you whenever you say damaged me intensely. Don't it. But it's Ernest Scared Stupid.
0: <laughs> Did you watch it when you were a kid and you were just yeah. like freaked the fuck I, out? The thing
1: is, I was... I, I feel like I was 11. Okay. So I was a little too old for the monsters. Because
0: do look kind of scary.
1: Yeah. Trantor, get out of here. A two nosed troll. Mm. Bullshit. I'm not going to be scared. Of course I'm scared. And in turn, the thing that scared me about it was that they turned the kids into like these little wooden dolls. Oh,
0: yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. And I
1: was like, do they think while they're in? Because, like, I had this fear. Starting, I think at around this oh, time. Oh
0: yeah, I remember you th- talking about this. That
1: like I would, I would be dead, but like you, it's still thinking and still yeah. like, recognizing like, everything. almost like you're just paralyzed. for Yeah, eternity and or it's something. because I, I have sleep paralysis, and so it, as a kid, Even back I by in? yeah, I had Whoa. experience like waking up and having my eyes open and being able to recognize my surroundings, Holy shit. but not being able to move. So you thought that like death would be like sleep paralysis,
0: but permanent. Yeah, and that is utterly fucking mortifying yes, when you put it that way exactly
1: Damn. there was also a tales from the crypt of that time where uh, a person got uh, put under a, a sedative that made it seem like they were completely dead and yeah then they performed the autopsy holy shit yeah. and that uh, yeah. like I'd, I'd constantly be scared of that entire idea Damn. of being trapped yeah and, not, and so that's what i thought they were When that happened in Ernest Scared Stupid, and I was just like, "What can you imagine? Uh." That's
0: crazy!"
1: Mm -hmm. And plus, if bad stuff can happen to Ernest, yeah, that would be terrible. What can happen to us?
0: We're terrible people.
1: What if he? What if Ernest wasn't there to discover that they needed Mongolian miak? Yeah, I get that miak. People who haven't seen Ernest Scared Stupid might be thinking, "Oh, there must be some real creepy stuff in there." No, it's an (laughs) Ernest movie. (laughs) It really just—it was a time for and place, though. Of that. Yeah. Time and place, dude. I loved Ernest so much
0: yeah. when I was a kid. Oh
1: yeah, Ernest goes to camp. Ernest saves Christmas. All that and stuff. and the TV show and stuff too. The TV show, hey, Vern. Oh man, I remember when he'd be the old lady with the neck brace on uh-huh. and stuff. All that stuff was fantastic, dude. He was a genuinely good actor. Oh, I know because that, yeah. that he wasn't Jim. Jim Varney wasn't that guy. Sure, sure, yeah. He, he was playing characters. Yeah and apparently when he wasn't you know
0: like blacked out drunk yeah he was apparently like the nicest guy well apparently even while he was blackout drunk he was well, super yeah. nice <laughs> and he'd go to like we miss you jim yeah yeah r.i.p jv he would go to like children's hospitals like as earnest and stuff oh, like, go really visit kids. i mean it's it's pretty awesome stuff yep. dude and the man liked to hit the sauce i can't blame him so why yeah,
1: I. I also like to hit the sauce so. it's one of the best parts of being alive it is Great.
0: That's a pretty good entry, Steve. I like hearing about that. Now, with mine, I'm going to say for my number five in terms of when I think about movies that just mortified the fuck out of me, um, you know what? I actually, I'm going to make a last-minute change to my list. Uh-oh. Yeah. Change up. Because I looked at my list here, and then I thought of something from my childhood. He's signaling I, for the lefty. Yeah. Hail Mary right here. <laughs> Although I wouldn't even see it until I was probably in my 20s. I remember so vividly, uh, and I think I've, I've made tell of this on the podcast before. But being about six years old, which would have put this around 1990-ish, uh-huh. and I had uh, now I think it might have been before that. It might have been like more like 89. Because I had the chicken pox. Uh-huh. I was staying home from, from preschool. Yeah. And that's when they were running advertisements for Gremlins 2 on TV. Oh, no.
1: You have talked about this Dude, a little.
0: I could not even be in the room if that commercial was on. <laughs> like, the, the way that the, the Gremlins looked yeah. utterly fucking freaked me out. And, two, back then, you know, that's when I was getting, like, Nintendo power and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you'd flip through the magazine, sometimes there'd be like an ad for the Gremlins yeah. video game. And it's like, God damn it, it's no, too scary. No, I I like literally cut those pages out of the magazines and threw them away. Like, I, <laughs> uh, and I'd cut it from the reverse side too. Yeah, so you didn't have to look at it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I would cut it out and then fold it in such a way that there was no chance of me seeing it. Wow. And throw it away. I was utterly fucking mortified by those things, man.
1: So what do you think of the idea of... Gremlins versus John McClane of Die Hard. Ooh. You know how in Gremlins too they're in the Empire State Building? Yeah. What if John McClane and it's Christmas. John McClain is up on the top floor with Bonnie Bedelia. Yeah. But her new job in New York. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know, Gremlins epidemic breaks out. Dude. And then he has to face Hans Gruber. Hans Gremlin at the end. Hans Gremlin. Uh huh. I'm on board. He's with a that. very charming looking Gremlin.
0: Carl Winslow's down there, like hanging out with a yeah. little fuzzy one, and he's like, Here, you want some of this donut? Oh my god, that's fucking <clears throat> perfect. Yeah. This has got to happen. Trademark Dead and Lovely Fuck. Yes. Trademark Dead and Lovely. <laughs> this is happening. That's going down. And just so you know, as as I was thinking about that, that bumped off the witch off of my list. Oh no. Yeah, I had the witch as my number five. Oh. Because okay. that movie. You know, that came out, what, 2015, yeah, 14, something so. like that? So I just saw that within the past few years. And the ending of that movie still unnerves me to such a degree. Yeah, there's you don't like the idea of free women? No, dude. I don't. These women, they seem powerful. They don't need men. No, they don't. There's not a man in sight, like and they're having fly. a good time. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah. But no, there's something about the end of that that just seems so... Man, just fucking primal and powerful and real with those those yeah, women chanting it's great. And the yeah, fire yeah, like, and it's a it's a real fuck. freeing
1: moment, but it's also very eerie and uh Uncomfortable. You don't yeah. know exactly what's happening. Oh, you do know that they mash up babies to fly, so you yeah. got to assume that since they're flying at the end, there's some mashed up babies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's something that, that kind of blew me away too. Is People
0: hated that movie because they're like, it turns out there was witches the whole time, and it's like, what the fuck did you think you saw in the first five yeah. minutes of the movie? <laughs> Seriously. Were you paying bay- attention? A
1: baby gets sacrificed and mashed into a salve. It's one of the greatest horror movies of the past 20 years.
0: I, and again, I'll say the same thing about Heredia. I just think that people that really don't like it just weren't even fucking paying attention.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that that is a value people have for a lot of movies. Is yeah. I, I would like a horror movie that I don't have to pay attention to. Yeah. Well, I, I don't value that at all. Yeah. But if you do, well, they're not your movies. There you go.
0: What you got on your number? Four.
1: Uh, number four is sleepaway camp. Yeah, and I assume it might be on your list. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't okay. Um, uh, sleepaway camp. Man, I, I talked about it for the sleepaway camp episode, but sleepaway camp was a movie I watched, um, as a, a, a maybe 13, 12 or thirteen year yeah. old, and we you know we had rented Watch it with it. your cousin or something. Yeah, yeah. We had rented it from a, um, you know, the video store, and. Really, primarily rented it, expecting there'd probably be boobs in it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's an
0: '80s camp slasher. Yeah, there's gonna be violence and boobs.
1: Are there boobs? There's not boobs in it, are there? I don't think I don't so. i Think that there really is. Yeah, a lot of a lot of boy ass. Yeah, a lot of boy, lot of boy ass. ass. Um, but yeah, so we we got it for that reason. But then, like you know, you get into that movie, so we were both just like, oh, cool, this is a cool movie. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you come on to the ending don't want to spoil the ending for a uh 40 year old movie yeah (laughs) spoilers vader is luke's dad yeah anyway so i was coming of age i was you know i'd been attracted to girls but now my penis was also like you know constantly reminding me of it (laughs) uh and so i thought angela was really cute yeah she my type when i was that age or still my type yeah dark hair dark eyes. yeah she's very cute um and then turns out she's a boy yeah 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 and that was very confusing at the time it was one of those things where i was just like the old downstairs mix-up yeah i was just not ready for that to be the ending of that movie well and the problem was is in your head you were going
0: what bathroom does she use what if he's in the same bathroom as me and it'll He'll, be weird? I can't handle it. Kids, yeah. Clearly, <laughs> we can't handle this. That's what you're scared if of. If she's right?
1: a Republican senator, I would worry about her. <laughs> molesting kids, yeah. That might be worrisome. Or a of the clergy. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see Always Sunny's bathroom episode? No. Oh, that was that's pretty perfect is it uh, on the newer season Yeah yeah I think it was just last week or week two weeks ago Anyway it's really funny But yeah so that was it for me like it was really just that like you know it's a great movie and that ending is Devastating to everyone. Like yeah, yeah. everyone is just Holy like, dude, fuck, what? Dude, yeah. But like, I specifically attached it to this uh, attraction too. Yeah, yeah. Which I assume most people, especially if you're older, you're not looking at this young girl and being attracted to her. But we're, she was the same age as me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course. Type of gal you'd be attracted to. Yeah.
0: And you know, considering that you had that that perfect combination of blending of sexuality and fear intermingling. Uh-huh. It's no wonder you turned out to be the proficient serial killer that you have. (laughs) That's
1: true. Gosh, they'll never catch me.
0: (laughs) That's a good story, man. All right, for my number four, I've got my all-time motherfucking favorite. Yeah? It's called The Shining. The Shining! It's a movie called The Shining, Mm -hmm. which I saw for the first time when I was uh, 18. Oh. saw this one eighteen, 18 and life
1: just started
0: 18, eighteen and, and life shining you know you know that's uh, actually the very first recorded guitar solo I ever did was on ever? a friend's cover really 18 and life by Skid Row that's awesome yeah it was so fun
1: God, yeah that was my first time in like a studio
0: great. studio too and I was like, "Man, I need you to come in and record a was, solo on this."
1: Was it just the one album where Skid Row was great? Or they had a couple, did they? Okay, yeah, I couldn't a remember. Sebastian Bach, uh, he, he was awesome, on, man. He was in Gilmore Girls. He was great. On I, have a, I Girls. have a positive association with him because of that. Yeah. Anyway, it's badass.
0: But The Shining. Yeah, The Shining. So I saw this when I was 18. I'd gone up to see my girlfriend, who's now with my wife. Hi. She's living up in NYC. Yeah. Okay. In New York City, going to college up there. And I went up and saw her, staying in her apartment and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there was one morning where I think she was like getting ready, making breakfast, taking a shower or something. I was just scrolling through the channels and The Shining was on something. Oh, okay. And I had never seen it. I had heard of it. But I knew basically nothing about it. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if I would have been able to recognize like, you know, come play with us, Danny. Like, I don't even think I knew anything about it at yeah. all. So I just started it and I was like, what the fuck is this? This is awesome. And you know, Kate comes out of the shower whatever. she's like, oh, this is the best movie ever. And I'm like, what is this? Yeah. So it's The Shining. And we had plans, but yeah,
1: break D- those. Ditched them. Yeah, yeah. So I sat there and watched the whole movie. Somebody hasn't watched The Shining. Break your plan. Yeah, is exactly. that? I don't care the if you got Shining. a wedding coming up. That's your fucking. If plan. you're currently in labor, yeah, you're gonna watch. Pause The it. Shining with your friend. You'll thank us <laughs> or stranger who walked by and said, "You know, I haven't seen The Shining." Yeah, or your doula, whoever tells you. Yeah, maybe your it's labor. your doula, whoever. I oh. hope it's your doula. P.S. As of
0: yesterday, you're a doula now. I'm a double uncle.
1: Double uncle. Double
0: uncle Ben, they call me. Oh, my God. Yeah, my brother and, uh, and his wife just had their second child.
1: Well, this uh, might disgust you. Yeah. I'm a septuple uncle. Yeah? Yeah. That's fun to say. It is. Forgot. God, I hope nobody else has a kid. Oh, <laughs> shit. No. I, I just forgot. There are two more. Oh, shit. I'm a non-tuple uncle. Damn, dude. Jesus. It's Christ. like you're buying Christmas present for Slipknot
0: every year. Oh, God, that makes it easier. Do you think they do a white elephant Christ- gift drawing? <laughs> you know, where they're like, I'm guys, we we're not buying friends for a
1: Christmas. Because <laughs> I was like, do you think their headgear, that was all like, a, they all had like a, a Christmas where they were like, let's buy each other hats. Aww. And then they all bought each other the headgear. Like gear. you got me a scary mask. And then they're like, adorable. fuck it, let's make a band. It's part of the guess. act, I guess. <laughs>
0: i don't play an instrument don't worry there's some trash cans
1: yeah it's fine just bang on it. <laughs> just, whatever Just hang out with this man you're fucking cool you're cool <laughs> so
0: yeah sat there and watched it and i especially remember of course the scene that destroyed me the most is at the very end when shit's really just coming unglued uh-huh and hey, there's the fucking guy in the bear costume <laughs> blowing that dude yeah fuck me up the worst of anything yeah of all the shit that you could expect to see yeah
1: it was not that yeah and you also like i know that the first time i saw it i was like why was that yeah i was like what? what's going on there? me and my friend harold were watching it i think my cousin buddy was there yeah and it all of us it was our first time seeing it and we got to that part and we were like wait what was that and we rewound it And then it happened again, and my friend Harold was like, that was a guy dressed as a bear giving a man a blowjob. Yeah. And I couldn't, like, my mind couldn't believe that. Yeah. Despite the fact that it was what my eyes were saying, (laughs) I see, my mind was like, what but is it <laughs> how
0: really? how is that a thing oh my god dude it's a whole generation of people like us that saw that that then went on to be, become, become furries yeah <laughs> <laughs> obviously that up. guy was
1: the first furry
0: it, sh- it blew my mind in such a way and it freaked me out so very badly uh-huh. so deeply just freaked me out because you know up to that point that was right when i was getting into horror movies yeah and so I'd seen, of course, a Freddy Krueger and a Jason and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Where they it's never like, blew anybody. Yeah, no, not even once, as far oh. as I know. That mask. Really well, isn't Freddy a molested
1: kids. I don't know what he did with them, but yeah, that's
0: true. Maybe, true. maybe. And uh, so that was the first time that I really saw like a horror movie that's like, okay, this is this is what happens when a truly like masterful director that knows how to psychologically fuck with you makes yeah. a movie that's intently designed to fuck with you and scare you. Yeah. So that was such a huge thing for me. And I think that that's really the moment where I really became like, not just interested in horror movies, but a true horror fan. Cause Mm -hmm. I felt, I felt weird that whole day. And I feel like I've been kind of chasing that dragon ever since. So whenever I see a movie like, you know, uh, the witch or, Mm -hmm. or hereditary here, you know, and, and I get a little dose of that where I'm like, oh my God, somebody's taking the horror genre really
1: seriously. Yeah. That's really all it takes, honestly. Yeah. Take absolutely. it seriously. You're probably going to come up with a pretty good product. Probably. Yeah. All right. What's your number three? Um, Well, this one was a tough one to choose for me because I can't remember exactly which one I saw. Okay. But the first time I saw someone killed with a chainsaw was either Scarface, Texas Chainsaw Mask. Yeah. Uh, or Running Man, oh yeah, damn! It was one of Somewhere those. Somewhere there. Now I saw Running Man in the theater as uh-huh. a three-year-old. I don't remember it, <laughs> oh, so but that's it was pretty my. Early. It was my first movie. Holy shit! Oh, uh, so... Not my first movie I ever saw, but the first movie I was ever taken to. My okay. dad took me. Yeah, because I loved Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, obviously. As a kid. Yeah still do he's fine of course um but yeah i i think though that it was scarface i'm not wow, positive on that, that.
0: scene where he chews that guy up in the shower yeah yeah and he's like tied up and stuff yeah that's it, shit scared... it's shockingly brutal
1: yeah like i was scared for the longest time of all like gardening utensils and things like that from horror movies yeah so like walking into like a, a shed as a little kid was just like what is gonna happen in here dang everything i had seen somebody killed with it yeah. Uh, you know, like gardening shoes <laughs> and all that stuff. But the chainsaw was the thing because it's got that noise, too. Uh huh. It's not just that it'll kill you. And it looks brutal when it kills you. It's not like it just slices through it you. It's spray like spraying gore. Through you, just like,
2: like,
1: yeah. It's a gruesome way to go, man. Yeah. So I, it's uh, it's pretty low on my list of hopeful deaths.
0: I don't think any true horror fan that grew up watching this stuff could really ever grow up to become a professional landscaper. I think you're pretty much turned (laughs) off by all of those things. If you've seen anything good, you won't garden to save your life, man. Yeah. Touch a trowel,
1: I think Uh, not, man. No way.
0: Uh, Pick up a pitchfork. You ever seen the Prowler?
1: Hey, get out of here with a pitchfork. Oh man, you get pitchforks in that shower. Any Friday the Thirteenth movie? Yeah. There's some pitchforking and a bunch of those too. Pitchforking. There's axing. Yeah. All Uh sorts of stuff. Hammerins.
0: I think there might be a couple hammerins or two in Mm -hmm. there. Wow. That's pretty gruesome. That's pretty gruesome. Uh, I like that. Yeah. That works. All right. My number three is Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So what is your reason? Okay. So the very first time that I watched Sleepaway Camp, and uh, I mentioned this on our Sleepaway Camp episode. Be sure to go back and rate and review on iTunes. And the first time that I watched this movie, I was probably like 23 or 24, and my evil, my evil, evil... Wife had told me it's like oh you guys should watch Sleepaway Camp it's really good it's a Mm -hmm. classic it is yeah and it's like um okay sure so me and my buddy Nate stayed up and we watched this movie she went to bed and she's like well y'all have fun with this one (laughs) we knew literally nothing about it
1: (laughs) the perfect way to introduce people it's the 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 best way to
0: do it and basically whenever we sat down to watch this movie it was just me and Nate and we were together and we watched this movie. And it was like, I don't really know why people recommend that we watch this. It's just kind of a normal 80s yeah. Camp slash. slasher movie. Yeah. This isn't really anything awesome happening. And man, it got to the end of that movie. And it's like the last 15 seconds of the fucking movie. Yep. Yeah. And again, you get that whole freak out gender reveal. Yeah. And we both sat bolt upright, just mouths, slack jawed, eyes Big as dinner plates Just look at each other Look back at the screen Look at each other Look back at the screen She's making that hissing noise It freezes on the face Yeah I think we sat through the credits Just in dead silence With that weird fucking song that plays Oh my god dude And And you know nate turns to me he's like do you mind if i spend the night here tonight (laughs) (laughs) and and he did like he spent the night there that night neither of us wanted to be alone yeah and that night i had horrible nightmares that angela was outside that night i had horrible sex with him (laughs) it was just so strange (laughs) and cathartic yeah and uh yeah i went i went to bed and and kate said i woke up just like screaming yeah And because like at the head of our bed in that old house there was a window, and in my dream like at the window was Angela like naked and hissing at me and stuff. Ah. Yeah, and I I woke up and I was like, she's out there, she's out there, she's gonna get us. Just so freaked out. I've never had anything sneak attack me like that movie has. I mean, (laughs) it is. I don't care if you're talking about like you know first first season Game of Thrones when yeah, Stark dies. Yeah, I don't care what you're talking about. Nothing has pulled the rug out from me harder than that. Okay. Oh, man. And it's such a cool trick, and you can only do it once. So if if you know somebody who hasn't seen Boy Camp and knows nothing about it, please do them the huge favor of doing what my evil, evil wife did to me. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's fun. You should watch it. Yeah. And don't tell them shit about it. Uh-huh. Don't tell them there's a twist Don't tell them anything to say it. It's a classic We should watch and it And if
1: you don't have A good poker face Just walk out of the room Yeah exactly there's no way When the, the, the moment is coming You won't just be staring at Yeah like, like I'm waiting for yeah. it Waiting for it
0: <laughs> Oh man So
1: traumatic So traumatic Alright number two for you Alright so These are movies I shouldn't have seen as a child But I did Faces okay. of Death.
0: Oh, no. Yeah. Oh,
1: no. In particular, the scene where uh, it shows people bash a monkey's skull in and he its Coming up brains. out of the table. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've only
0: heard about that and never watched any of them. It's not worth watching. Yeah. Yeah. Some of it's fake. I think the
1: monkey thing's fake, right? I believe so. Okay. I believe that's fake. Some but it, it doesn't really look though. very fake when you're a little kid and it's yeah. on VHS yeah exactly television's definition was horrendous so you're basically just watching an 8-bit like I think I know what's going on right Um, but there's there's stuff in there that's like um, really strange and whatnot but didn't hit me as a kid like there's like a blood orgy that's all fake but like a blood orgy uh, it does show real executions oh. Two real executions Like by firing squad or something? No, uh, electric chair and uh, Oh shit Gas chamber Ugh, I bet the electric chair was grizzly It is Yeah, it was not fun to watch Damn, how long does that take? When you're like frying uh, It depends They Oof. just have to keep checking They have to keep monitoring their heart to See if they're alive Damn And then hit them again if they are Damn. Yeah. That is brutal. I think uh, the positive is that you you're like out of it, like your brain is sort of out of it. But okay. I bet it's not fun. Probably not. Probably not great. There's probably no good way to kill someone. So you watched the first one. Did you see the other ones too? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen them all. Uh, I've also seen Traces of Death, which is uh, Faces of Death with metal, like death metal in the background. It's not Faces of Death, but it's like the same <laughs> stuff but like like new stuff like the first traces of death i believe had a a real sex change like oh, the, shit. the video of a real sex change happening yeah? that uh, that also scarred me a so bit. yeah and the like the thing was that like because i was into metal at the time it it keeps you going cuz you're listening to this death metal Right, like, yeah it's yeah. awesome and then it's like oh oh Oh, they're turning a penis inside out. <laughs> that is. But I want to hear this Morbid angel song, so yeah, it's worth so it. So let's just keep this going. Dang, yeah, those things dude. really... and Like, that's what they were meant to do. This was before Seth, Something Awful and... Yeah, Rotten.com. You know, Rotten.com and, and 4chan. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's what those things were meant to do, but they weren't meant to be seen by children.
0: Damn. Uh, that's
1: grisly. I'm glad that I, I never watched those. I think that those... There's
0: a lot of stuff that like I do think would have been like pretty life-ruining for me to yeah. see early on. I even think a lot of the horror movies that I love now, I think if I'd have seen them too young, it would have been a life-ruiner for right. me. I think it would have like, fucked me up really bad.
1: Well, Ben, what's your number two? My number dose
0: is Hereditary. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> okay. like I-, I-, I can't not put Hereditary on this okay. list because the thing about it is... Is I saw this movie when I was when did it come out? Was it in June or July? June. In June. Mm-hmm. So I was probably thirty three whenever I saw it. Uh huh. And by this point, you know, I've spent at least at least you know thirteen or fourteen years like watching horror movies a lot. Yeah. And becoming kind of a, a deeply entrenched in the world of horror movies and seeing a lot of fucked up stuff and being okay with it and seeing a lot of you know. Movies that people thought were really scary. And I'll just watch them and it's like, okay, that's cool. doesn't scare me or anything. Mm -hmm. Just basically becoming increasingly desensitized. And Kate and I went and saw this movie in the middle of the day um, on a sunny summer day. You know, it's like even leaving the theaters. It was warm and sunny outside and stuff. And I I really could not shake this movie off. I couldn't shake this movie off for probably a good... I'd say four or five solid days wow. after I watched it, where I was, I was seriously thinking, like on the daily. I was, I was like, "Have I seen some things I shouldn't have seen? Have I <laughs> opened up something yeah. or opened myself up to something that I shouldn't have?" Like, I felt like I saw something
1: that was that was wrong that I shouldn't have seen. Did you try listening to Taylor Swift's "Shake It Off"?
0: I don't think I did. Is that what that's for?
1: That's what that's for. You play that. God damn it! And it's whatever it is. Shake it off. You shake it off. Wow! And then boom, you're fixed. Tay Tay fix you.
0: Man, I I could have used that. Tay-tay I Tay Tay may known. fix
1: Tennessee. <laughs> Apparently, that's what they're saying, uh-huh. man. That's what they're <laughs> saying.
0: But yeah, this movie really did push so many of my of my fear buttons. And, of course, you know, mega spoilers. Uh, Anybody that listens to our show knows this isn't a recommendation podcast. This is a review. This is all going to be spoiler-heavy. So if you've not seen Hereditary, don't even continue this. But so many of the themes in this movie, the the conspiratorial plot Mm – is something that, that mortifies me. And that goes back to that, you know, all back to that thing I told you about when I was like four or something, when I had that dream about my parents actually being aliens that were going to meet me. The idea of conspiracy about me being at the center of something and everybody around me being actors and they're in on it. And I don't know about it to me. That is utterly mortifying to find out that like your life is a lie and everybody around you knows it. Holy fuck. There's nothing more terrifying me than that plus this movie also has uh the the satanic or paganistic aspect too it's like being raised super super devoutly christian and then getting away from that in my in my later years you know i don't think there's anything scarier than like finding out that i'm wrong too and like all this stuff is real you know yeah and of course this doesn't really deal with a biblical kind of thing you know but the the idea that yeah demons and witches and stuff like this are real uh-huh. cause I don't believe in any of that stuff No, but the idea that I'm wrong is mortifying this movie has so much stuff in it that just freaks me out I couldn't shake it and then even going into it to watch this for the second time for the show I was actively dreading it like I was like Kate ordered on blu-ray and it showed up in the mail and I opened it and I was like oh god this is in my <laughs> house now you know, <laughs> I was dreading watching it again, so I think that that really says something because I can't really think of a lot of movies that I've seen where I, again, dread watching it, yeah. and, and it was just left with a sense for days that I had seen something I shouldn't have. Wow, fucked me right up, Steve.
1: Man, I'll tell you what, um, I found it uh, pretty disturbing, but uh, it didn't have it didn't have that same I can effect understand. on me. I can understand. But uh, I mean, for me. That, I'll I'll tell you this second time I watched this movie, which was Take you know recent. Time around. Second time I watched this movie, I cried a lot. Damn, because it's, it's brutal, very brutally affecting, mm-hmm. and Toni Collette is fucking amazing, unreal. Amazing. I I'd like She should be nominated for yeah. Academy Award. I think absolutely. That's something I was going to
0: talk about in our B portion. Like yeah the 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 idea that she probably won't get nominated for anything
1: because it's in the wrong genre. I think is we're so past. Upsetting. I think we're getting past that because of Get Out, Get Out helped a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think I think especially because like, you know, Ari Aster said this. I I said recently. I think that we're in a golden age of horror, and it's just ironic that I was reading Ari Aster, the writer and director of Hereditary. I was just reading an interview with him, and somebody asked him about that. And he says, "No, I don't think we're in a golden age of of uh, horror. I think that any time that uh, a director takes horror seriously, wow, yeah. you get a better movie. Obviously, yeah. I so get to seek it out, yeah. Even yeah, or even even when you look at The Exorcist mm-hmm. or The Omen, those were taken seriously in a time when horror wasn't taken seriously, right? Like so, you know, they they sat down Rosemary's Baby, Roman Polanski, like he decided to take this." seriously and present this very uh, serious and and very antithetical to uh popular thinking at the time sort of movie. Yeah. And uh, you know, go against the grain. Now Roman Polanski obviously has problems with him, but uh at the very least, he was just a good director taking uh a horror story seriously and what he got was art. Same with the Exorcist, yeah. what you get is, is art. So sure. any time you can you can pluck a horror movie out of any decade, any era and say, well, this is like, you know, just a good director taking this seriously. It just so happens that now we have more access for directors to make movies. Sure. Yeah. There are more outlets. Right. You, not everything has to go to the theater. It can be on demand, et cetera. Sure. Definitely. So. Yeah. And so it seems like a golden age because they're good directors taking it seriously, but, uh, you know, it, if good directors always take it seriously, there's no reason for it to end, which means mm. like, it's not really a golden age, it's just how it is. Yeah. You yeah, take exactly. it seriously, it's good. Yeah. You take it less seriously, it can be okay. I mean, you know, if, if, if you look at a lot of those Friday the 13th <sighs> movies and, and Elm Street movies that we love so much, obviously, they weren't taken seriously. Nah. They'd still be fun, though. But they're fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But definitely not what I would call good movies on the level of no. The Shining and shit like that. No. Now, Ben, before we get into our number ones, yes. I think we should crack open a beer. Oh, I think that's
0: a fantastic idea. I think we should do
1: something special. I think that we should also do something special. We've got
0: ourselves a hot off the presses just released today right here in Knoxville, Tennessee, by the Elkmont Brewing Company. We've got a beer that was brewed in collaboration with my dear friends and frequent collaborators in Whitechapel. This is the Possession Unfiltered Session IPA brewed with jalapenos and fresh citrus peels. It's a 4.1 percenter. Should be a pretty easy-going ride. I'm looking forward to checking this out and celebrating my good buddies who just finished recording their new album. And it is being mixed and mastered and stuff right now. Can't wait to hear everything turned out. Oh, boy. And I'll tell you a cool thing, too, about them brewing this with, with Elkmont. So... For those of you guys who aren't in Knoxville, you might not know the story of this place, but uh before there was the Elkmont Brewing Company in Knoxville, there was the Pasteur Street Brewing Company in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. Okay. And I can't remember the whole story of why it started there, but it was like a guy from Knoxville started this badass brewery down there. Because it was like in literally Vietnam. the only brewery. Yeah. In I can't Viet remember. Fucking Ma'am. Ma'am. I can't remember if it was like he had a wife or girlfriend that's from there or something. I I really can't remember Mm -hmm. why. But a couple of years ago, uh, the boys in Whitechapel took their first Asian tour where they ended up playing in Ho Chi Minh City. And while they were there, they just happened to stop by the Pasteur Street Brewing Place and hear this guy's whole story of, oh, I'm from Knoxville, too, and I started this place. They came back from their Asian tour. Like
1: Seriously, if you were in Ho Chi Minh City and someone said, oh, I'm from Knoxville, too, you'd be like, oh, they're about to steal my liver. (laughs) Yeah, for sure, without a doubt. And uh, so, yeah, the guys came back and was like, this place had the
0: best beers of any type that we've ever had. They said that the Pester Street Place is insane. That's great. Yeah, and so then I got word that dude has opened his own brewery here in Knoxville, and then they decided to collaborate with the boys in Whitechapel for a signature beer, which I think is awesome to see somebody from the great city of Knoxville representing and recognizing the boys, because I don't think in general, like, the Metropulse and Knox News and all these places... Like, dude, Whitechapel does so much for Knoxville, mm-hmm. and they rep Tennessee so hard everywhere that yeah. they go. And, like, every fucking year, they make sure that their last stop on whatever tour they're doing in December is in Knoxville, Tennessee, and it is always a benefit toy drive show. Yeah. Where if you bring a toy, your ticket's like five Some bucks. Awesomeness. Yeah. They're great dudes, dear friends of mine. They do a lot of good for the city and stuff. So, I think it's awesome to see a Knoxville brewery teaming up with them to release this thing. What's that thing like? You went in first.
1: Yeah. It's real light. Ooh. I like that spice though. Yeah. It's got a great like citrus smell to it.
0: Hmm. You know, there's something about the combination of uh that bright chili kind of flavor along with the citrus yeah. that, that tastes very like kind of Thai tasting yeah. to me. You know what I mean? Kinda yeah, has it an Asian food flavor to it. This mm-hmm. would actually be great with like a light stir fry or something. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I'd be really okay with that. That is really, really nice and light. It's a very clear beer. It says unfiltered, but yeah, I don't It's really very clear.
1: Very clear, yeah.
0: I don't hate that at all. Mm-mm. That's actually probably one That's of my easy drinking. One I of mean, my it favorite is beers. A session of that IPA
1: for sure. four point one percent. I don't know. I've seen Session IPAs that are like three point two and stuff. That has a really interesting mm. flavor to it. It's not spicy though. No, you can taste just a little bit of it on your lips after a little bit. Yeah, but it goes away almost immediately. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. which
0: usually that's the kind of flavor that builds and kind of lingers yeah. with you and stuff. Damn, way to go, boys. Way to go, Elk yeah, Brewing Company. I can drink
1: a ton of those. Yeah,
0: definitely. That's a
1: delight. Yeah, it is. All right, Steve,
0: number one. Number
1: one, and this is maybe going seem, <laughs> to seem lame and, and, and easy to, to guess, but Damn. Jaws. Yeah. Yeah. I Dude, don't like I'm, going in the ocean. I don't like going in I water that I can't see the bottom of. That that movie literally changed the world. It made people
0: hate sharks Mm -hmm. and hate going on vacation. Like Mm -hmm. it wrecked the tourism industry
1: that year. in real life. Yeah, you know. It's man. It's still, uh, it's a thing. I like. I don't even think of it as a fear anymore. It's just a fact of life. Like if you go into the ocean, you can get attacked by a shark. If you don't, you can't. That's true. Yeah, like, that's pretty true. That's it. Like like the the likelihood that you get attacked by a shark doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Cuz if you get attacked by a shark, what are you going to tell it? But this is unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's just it. Like what it, just if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Um I don't believe in fate, but uh I don't Why wanna, risk it. Well yeah, I don't want to tempt fate by yeah. Like, I do I do go in the ocean uh, if we go, but I don't, I don't get further out than waist high. If a, sh- a shark attacks me at that point, it's going to hurt, it. it's going to suck, but it's not going to kill me. And the probably, thing yeah. that scares me most about getting attacked by, say, a great white, a larger shark, is that you're not going to survive it, most likely. Right. Anyway. Like, even if the shark doesn't eat you, you're probably going to drown. Sure. <laughs> I... <laughs> Fuck that! Oh Fuck yeah, absolutely. all that. Fuck that let's dude. just avoid it. Yeah, let's just never have to deal with it. It also initiated, like, because I never thought about an animal eating me alive. Yeah, yeah. Until Jaws, and so wow, then yeah. after that, it's like, oh wait, like lions and tigers can eat, you. like bears can eat you. Yeah, like, yeah. So it just initiated that, uh, like, what should be a primal fear, I guess. <laughs> jump started for you. Uh, yeah, jump started a primal fear. Damn, that, dude.
0: Uh, hey, stuff can eat you. Well, especially there at the end when you see like Quint getting chewed up. And yeah. It's,
1: it's grisly. It is grisly. Yeah,
0: it's not at all like, a, Chomp, he's gone. He swallowed him whole. Like Jonah and the whale. It's like, <laughs> no, he's got blood on his teeth. And he's yeah. getting slowly chomped
1: down by this fucking shark. God damn. It's That's brutal. That's such a great scene. Like, I, I, I just have developed now. I I, I know I'm, I'm scarred by it. That's why I put this at number one. Mm-hmm. I'm scarred by it because... I keep trying to rationalize it and tell you, like, uh, how I've dealt with the fear. But the fear's not gone. Yeah, it's yeah. It's never gone. I've learned all I can about different animals and mm-hmm. stuff. Like, uh, you know, I've, I've watched tons of things about sharks. You would think the more you know about them, the, <laughs> the less scary know. they are. Uh, the Opposite. more I know about them, the, <laughs> the less I I want them to be dead. Yeah. But... I don't want to hang out with them either. I don't want to hang out with them. (laughs) Like, as a kid, it would have been like, yeah, fuck sharks. Like, if a shark got killed, who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, as I've grown older, it's like, no, that's not cool. Like, they're just doing their thing. Yeah, you do you, shark. They're just, they're like fish-eating missiles. But, like, I just don't, I won't go where they are. We'll just have a mutual, like, they don't even have to know about our mutual thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they don't want to. What, who am I to tell them? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's good, you know, because that, that is a movie that instilled a real-life fear. Yeah. And I think, like, whenever something can make that jump from being 2D flickering images on a screen, that instills, oh, I'm going to change my life now. Yeah. That's how you know it's deeply, deeply affected yeah. you.
1: Wow. Don't fucked me up. What's you your number one? You got fucked
0: up. So my number one on here isn't a horror movie per se, but I do think it is the most horrific movie that I've ever watched. And the most, like, long-lasting scarring that I think any movie has ever done to Justice me. Justice League. It's the Justice League. Damn. Oh, man. No, <laughs> I'm talking fucking Irreversible.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Irreversible is... I haven't is, seen it, but I just know. Just don't. Just yeah. don't. Yeah. It's one of those movies that I can I can truly say, like, I just regret watching. Yeah. Well, you know? I mean,
1: the the title
0: of it lets you know. It really does. And yeah. it's it's always streaming somewhere. It seems like you can yeah. always find it on Prime or Hulu or something. Yeah. I just advise you guys seriously, don't watch it. Like it is it is nothing but misery from start to finish.
1: It is twenty five percent of our listeners just decided yeah, to watch it because you said that. I know, <laughs> man. But I, I really do wish that I hadn't.
0: Yeah. Like the whole movie is really it's really interesting. I can't say it's just a movie that was built to shock, like Faces of Death or something like that. Right. It's actually. There's a story. Yeah, there's a story, and it's told in this really interesting, nonlinear way mm-hmm. where it's almost like watching a DVD backwards, chapter by chapter. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's kind of in reverse, uh-huh. you know? And by the time you figure out why the events that happen in the opening scene transpired it makes the whole thing even more excruciating and miserable Ooh. and just it, it's one of those where you just want to take like the longest shower ever after you mm. watch the movie mm-hmm. the movie opens up with some of the most grisly violence i've ever seen i mean we, we've talked about how like some of those kill scenes like an opera and stuff it's like oh
1: that i guess so this was a snuff film yeah i guess they just murdered that guy <laughs>
0: yeah this really does have shots in it that I, I'm pretty sure they actually did just kill somebody. Oh, okay. great. Yeah, because the opening scene is like there's this guy that goes into this crazy, weird, like, sex dungeon club. Right. All this fucked up shit is happening that you, ever you be, see.
1: Uh, you ever been to a sane, normal sex dungeon <laughs> club? It's just your everyday <laughs> kind of boring, boring, it's bourgeois. brightly lit, everyone's like, oh, hey, clean. it's you, come on. <laughs>
0: And it shows you all this crazy shit that's going on, like people getting fisted and stuff in the background is going Jesus. on, all kinds of crazy shit. And there's people this guy be
1: fisted in the background. Yeah, exactly. Foreground. In the foreground, yeah. yeah loud I, and proud. I mean, I was gonna say like, well, I mean, what maybe disc- the, I assume the person getting fisted is enjoying it, so they don't care where it happens. I hope so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as long as you're having a good time, buddy. Yeah. you do you. Yeah.
0: And this guy's going through his club looking for somebody, and he finds this guy, and he uh, he. Bludgeons him to death with a fire hydrant. Oh, and the way that it shot Fire extinguisher or fire? Oh, hydrant? yeah. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> he rips him uh, a fire hydrant. With like his like bare he's hands. a super mutant from yeah. Fallout. <laughs> yeah, like a fire extinguisher, uh, like a big metal one. And he's kind of like he's knocked the guy down, and he's kind of crouched on top of him, and he's just kind of raring back and smashing his face. Jesus. And the way that it's done, I don't, I don't know how that they did it. Like I literally don't know how they did it, but it must be some jump cuts where like maybe where the fire hydrant like starts to hit the guy's face Mm -hmm. and then they jump cut and make his face more fucked up. Yeah. But I mean, this guy that's getting killed, I mean, he is just, it's like you can hear his breath sputtering through crushed nasal cavities and blood bubbling and it's gruesome as all fuck. And that's how the movie starts. And it's also shot in this ultra disorienting like motion sickness, fever dream kind of way. That's just awful. But then like really the, the, the centerpiece of depravity in the movie is this, it's seriously like 10 minute, I think it's like 10 minutes long, one shot, no cuts, rape scene. Oh Jesus. That is, and, and it's Monica Bellucci getting yeah. assaulted. It's literally the worst thing I've ever seen. It's, yeah. it's the worst thing I I've imagine. ever seen. Just, just horrible. Ooh. Just horrible. Unwatchable. Absolutely unwatchable. Uh, it. It really wrecked me. It really wrecked me. I was in a funk for weeks after I watched this yeah. movie.
1: It doesn't sound fun.
0: It's not. It's horrible. And I, I seriously I think that after I watched this movie, I don't think that I had sex or jerked off for like three weeks. Jesus. It was like it was like I could not get that rape scene out of my head. I couldn't not think about it.
1: It fucked me up I, really I, bad. I couldn't possibly do that uh, to myself So I won't watch it No yeah exactly Because exactly. if I couldn't have sex Or jerk off for three years I'd <laughs> go crazy I, You'd uh, become the serial killer You've been training to be your whole life I was a Mormon I didn't jerk off for years Jesus and, really Uh, Yeah Uh, If you wonder If an adult has night uh, ejected, Nocturnal emissions Yeah nocturnal emissions You do Yeah, yeah of course if, you do yeah. yeah if you don't jerk off Gotta peep- Keep the pipes clean no jerking off, no sex makes Stephen go, fucking come everywhere. In your holy underwear, it's the worst. Like, Dang it. can you? Have oh, you it ever... oh, fuck yeah, you said it. Oh, yeah, all the time like, that. it's terrible. Uh, man, you wake up, just come all over you. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Oh, just gack. <laughs> gack. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. well,
0: gotta fucking clean the sheets. And yeah, and then you like the walk of
1: shame to the washing machine. Oh god, oh, and you got like, good. you know, you can't get it. You can't get it wet. Uh, come is like (laughs) gremlin like it's like a mogwai if you get it wet instead of turning into several like other mogwais (laughs) it turns into like elmer's glue (laughs) concrete yeah so you have to take a whole shower like Mm -hmm. man fuck that it's just awful man it's just awful yeah so jerk off
0: yeah and don't watch irreversible just don't oh yeah also don't watch
1: irreversible (laughs)
0: yeah i i just can't I can't think of any reason why I would ever will watch it, rewatch it. Like mm-hmm. all these other ones I've talked about, you know that that terrified me or scared me in some way. Yeah, I'll go back and watch them again. Like I said, I was mm-hmm. dreading watching Hereditary, but I know I'll watch it many more times. Yeah, it's a great movie. There's there's seriously nothing you could do to make me watch Irreversible. Okay, like there would have to be a uh, a
1: lot of zeros on a check for me to watch it again. What if I could tell you, it's reversible? What? 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 That's the sequel. There you go. You watch it and it makes you forget the original. I would do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, if
0: I could actively erase it from my memory, I'd
1: What would've. if we did an Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind thing with you and an irreversible? I'd totally be on board. Seriously. <laughs> like I want to forget the stuff I saw I and want heard to see in that you movie. going through memories of your childhood and just having to deal with yeah. what is what my bowl cut straight? Off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh,
0: man. So bad. So,
1: yeah. So, those movies done fucked us done up. Done fucked
0: us up. And let us know in the Facebook group. Like, I'd like to go ahead and... I'll go in there and start a thread. Yeah. And ask you guys what the top five horror movies that fucked you guys up. Or not horror movies. Just anything. Fucking... What like,
1: done fucked you up? Dude, Jurassic Park scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember uh, The Wizard of Oz. Oh, those, yeah. yeah, those flying monkeys scared the shit out. Yeah,
0: definitely. So I would love to hear our dead and lovely listeners. I'd like to know what scared you guys. So join up that Facebook group and contribute to the fun. Yeah. Now, Steve, you watched this in the theaters whenever we did our mini episode of yeah. this mm-hmm. earlier this year. Yeah, I
1: had gone to see it the, as soon as it came out because yeah. I had heard so much great stuff and I went and saw it during the day just like you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it uh, it had some residual effect. I definitely was uh, seeing things out of the corner of my eye. Cause oh, God, that, yeah. that's a big... And it's not a big part of this movie, but... It is a part of a, it. It is a part of the movie. It's definitely something that happens. Um, But it, the things that are hidden in the shadows in this are so very disturbing. Oh, God, That yeah. it's the exact... Like, the thing that I always thought of about those things you see sort of out of the corner of your eye and whatnot is what was that yeah but this left residual in my mind of is that a naked person yeah <laughs> so, is his penis out like it yes, actually, it is it actually put a personality to that thing that could be in the oh, corner yeah. of your eye and so that that was a little bit uh scary for a few days but this movie did not have the same devastating effect as it did yeah, yeah, I I understand that. I mean,
0: like I said, it's like everybody has that movie that pushes all of their fear buttons. Like, yeah, uh, like for my wife, for example, like the the most mortifying movie she's ever seen is The Strangers.
1: Yeah. Oh man, dude, that is a high grade yeah. terrifying. And you kind of live in a Strangers type Don't of house. Remind me? Don't remind me. Uh huh. And that movie
0: is so terrifying because it could totally happen.
1: Yes. You it 100% could and does happen. Uh-huh. People just getting killed. Dude,
0: just that, that line of, like, why us? Because you were home. Because you were home. Fuck, yeah. that's just, that's the worst. And then there are Mormon missionaries at the end. Oh, yeah? You remember that part? No. <laughs> it's weird. Wait, what? Are you serious? Yeah, there are
1: Mormon missionaries <laughs> at the end of the stranger <laughs> No, I don't remember yeah. that.
0: That's funny. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah, so everybody's got that movie out there that floats around that just pushes all their their fear buttons. And I'll even tell you too, like one of the ways that I knew that this movie was definitely sent straight from hell to torment me on the earth. Mm-hmm. One of the very first like spooky things that happens in the movie, and it's really early on, is whenever Annie is in her studio and uh, she turns off the lights, yeah. and her mom, like this ghost of her mom, is just standing there. Yeah, and just being still not moving not talking not fucking nothing and she flicks on the light and she's gone Mm -hmm. I had this crazy dream when I was a kid again all this weird fucking dreams when I was a kid (laughs) so I was like god damn it this movie is reading my mind and (laughs) freaking me out now, it draws from a huge variety of different influences, and I think the second time around watching this, I was able to pick up on them Yeah, the influences on them do more. become clearer. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the director, Ari Aster. Aster, said a handful of his influences like Rosemary's Baby, yeah. Ordinary People, uh-huh. The Wicker Man. Yeah, What's that other one? It's like the the, the Don't chef. Look Now. Oh, yeah, Don't Look Now. Oh, yeah,
1: The Cook, The Thief, the, Her Lover, and His or something, something like or another that. Yep. yeah Helen Mirren's in it two guy, two girls a guy in a pizza place yeah that's right Ryan, Ryan Reynolds yeah Deadpool exactly. was in that one yeah so. Deadpool
0: he was in that one mm-hmm. I never seen uh I never seen that movie or a lot of these but I think that I want to you know yeah. knowing that they influence this movie I know that I definitely want to see them
1: but yeah definitely Rosemary's Baby is it sticks out a lot and the the wicker man i would say is 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 probably pretty obvious yep
0: and those are movies that uh as as ari kind of summed it up which is what this movie is it's a it's a movie about a a a crazy cult cult ritual from the standpoint of the sacrificial lamb yeah you know the whole movie the person doesn't know that they are the sacrifice
1: yeah like they're at the center of it our, Yeah, the protagonist of this movie is Payman Yeah, yeah, right <laughs> like right. If you're watching the story, it has a happy ending Yeah Payman, Payman gets what he wants and, Definitely And it, it all comes together perfectly in the end Despite having to overcome such hardships as That time that they left that leaflet on top of the mail <laughs> Yeah, definitely That didn't work out yeah, they started subtle. I, yeah. I give them credit. They started yeah. subtle. They really <laughs> did.
0: But, you know, in addition to those things, I think that this movie also draws from
1: two of the directors, one of which is the guy that did Irreversible.
0: I think Gaspar Noe and mm-hmm. uh, Lars Van Trier.
1: Yeah, this does remind me of Antichrist in, in some ways. Yeah, exactly. Because sure.
0: those guys don't necessarily do horror movie horror movies. No. but. They yeah, do. Jesus isn't
1: a horror movie, but it does. I've never seen it. Oh, okay. Well, it is. It isn't. Up. It isn't. Like people say, it's a horror movie, but like it has, um, it has a lot of this dynamic element, like yeah. between the couple and and what's going on with them, yeah. More than the actual horror, exactly. And, and something that
0: I think both of those directors I mentioned understand and really play off of, and I honestly play off of a little too much, in my opinion is that there's there's no deeper amount of grief mm-hmm. or upset than when things go just horribly wrong between yeah. loved ones, family, people yeah. in relationships, like everything is worse when you love the person. Yes. That you're doing the bad things to or they're doing the bad things to you. Yeah. Like those directors tend to just thrive off of misery and grief. And this movie I think definitely taps into a lot of that very particular mm-hmm. feeling because I know that whenever I left this movie I felt emotionally drained
1: yeah it's very draining as I said on my second watch they were just yeah. crying most of the time and, and uh, really anxious like I was oh, really yeah. anxious even though I knew what was happening in fact knowing what was happening made me more anxious yeah Um so, yeah, like this movie, it it picks up steam on a second watch. Like yeah. it, it doesn't just open up more of what you, you saw in the first time. It, it really, for me, made me more anxious, more worried. Totally. Knowing what was coming Oh yeah, was worse than seeing it the first time. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I completely understand that. But what is going on here is that a cult... Dedicated to a demon called Paymon, is trying to attach Paymon to his preferred male host. Right. So uh, I read up on Paymon a bit. Tell me about our boy Paymon a little bit. He appears in a a number of grimoires. He's a demon who is often listed as a king or king of the West. Okay. In this movie they say uh, King of the Northwest so. so he's a he's a blood Yeah He's a blood He's a blood, <laughs> he's a blood from Portland <laughs> Anyway uh, it, He's known to rule from 25 to 200 Legions of spirits Dang, styling profiling legion. dude That's right Intercontinental champion of hell Now here are the important things Some manuscripts depict Payman As a young woman riding a camel Okay However, payment is most often described as a man riding a dromedary camel. So that's where we get this idea that payment can inhabit a male or female form, but okay. that he prefers a male.
0: Well, a lot of our old gods and goddesses began as female yes and then as a more patriarchal society started taking place yeah. they changed them over to males. Have all these
1: goddesses make, giving women ideas
0: yeah yeah exactly can't be having none of that so that's yeah. probably likely one of those cultural changes that happened
1: yeah so um here are some interesting things that i wrote down that i think are in the film okay he is often uh described as preceded by loud music including trumpets. Hmm. And he likes to jam. Okay. His voice is like a ska band with trumpets, yep. uh-huh. like the uh-huh. boss tones. Uh-huh. He's, uh, he sounds like the dude from the minor, like <laughs> um, he's often His voice is often described as a tinkling bell. Oh. Now, I wish I had told you this before you watched it again Ugh. so that you could hear the music at the end again. Yes, I, I, I recall it. Extremely yeah. clearly, tons of tons horns, of horns and bells, and bells. Holy shit! Tons of it, and it actually happens throughout. Oh, it's give me chills right now. That the times sucks. where payment's supposed to be there, there, there's bells and there's horns at, at the right moment. No shit. So it's nice. Wow. Another bit that's interesting to me is that he uh, wears a crown. Yeah, we've seen that. But he has knowledge. so does
0: Jughead. Big deal.
1: Yeah, that's true. Where did Jughead get that? From? I don't really know. That's crazy. Um, he has knowledge of science, art, secret things, and all of the affairs of the world. Now, these okay, so are, he's a liberal. He's he's a liberal. This <laughs> payment, fucking well, snowflake. Well, who would have thought a demon, <laughs> demon be, a be liberal? liberal? <laughs> Sounds about right. If you yeah. ask me, these are, these are really interesting. His powers include making spirits appear. Okay. Creating yeah. visions. He does a fair bit of this. Reanimating the dead mm. and flight.
0: Oh shit! Yeah, those are uh, all very relevant.
1: Yeah, Ari Aster did his research. Uh, so the, all of these things they come—they're old, they're ancient. I think yeah. that has a lot to do with it because wow. let's say in um, the Conjuring. They have their created demon for The Conjuring 2. Uh, I don't remember what its name was. Anyway, it's like they, they create this demon that has a name similar to something, but then they don't keep the history right. Yeah, yeah. When you keep the history right, just like we talked about with uh, The Exorcist. Yeah. Uh, with Pazuzu. Sure. Like when you keep the history there, but don't explain it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When people go back and look at it, they start to see the things mm-hmm. that you put into the movie, and it, it deepens the fear. Absolutely. It deepens the terror of it because it's like, oh, my God, yep. all that stuff was there, and I didn't even notice it.
0: Yep. And, and again, there's a certain amount of realness that it brings to it whenever it is based on something. In myth, or that was formerly a devout religion, Mm. or whatever. I mean, it's like I said, that's why I love House of the Devil so much. It's not that they're praying to some gargoyle statue or something ridiculous. It's like, oh, it's just Satan. (laughs) Yeah. Satan. To me, I love whenever they do like what you just described, where they pull something out from a deep, grimoire, dusty tome. Uh-huh. And pull it into a movie and let you connect the dots. That makes it so much better.
1: Yeah, it's so cool. I I really like the he he did his research. And we we talked about that with the witch. Like anytime somebody's obviously put in the research, like yes. you don't have to know that the the witch is historically accurate to get the feel that it is. Right. Like you don't have to know all that no, stuff is historically huh. accurate. You can just tell like, oh, this is a time and a place. Right, yeah. Whereas like a lot of things can be too vague where it's just like this is merry old England yeah. in the eighteen and <laughs> something.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and you're exactly right. The amount of research and depth that they put into this Definitely makes it better, especially like you said. If you don't know anything about payment, I didn't know anything about payment the first time I saw it. It Scared the shit out of me. Yeah, but knowing what you just described now, it makes it even more poignant and and interesting. Now, in addition to it being about payment, you know the central the central life's blood of this movie is the family itself. Yeah, and it's uh, like many of my favorite movies, a pretty small cast kind of flick. Yeah, let's talk about the family itself and Mm -hmm. what we think about them. People, how about the the grand matriarch of this bunch
1: who never even appears Ethel living in the movie she's in several pictures and we see her corpse yeah but yeah she's never she never appears in the movie but she has absolute influence over everything that happens yeah such a
0: powerful presence that she's not even she has no dialogue in the movie yeah nothing
1: well the thing the thing about uh, her and her cult is that they can't they can't be respected like they don't respect mm-hmm. other people. They see other people as a means to an end. Sure, it's it's pure demonism. Yeah, they're trying to summon a demon for riches. Right, like that is all it is. There's no special uh, connection to any sort of uh, I don't know what eternal feeling toward right, right, right. the demon. Or We'll go to heaven forever. Yeah, we're yeah, not getting real, anything out of it except for knowledge. just some riches. Yeah. some secret knowledge. Yeah, man. That's all they want. So they'll destroy tons of lives. They don't give a shit. They'll kill people. Yeah. So I assume Ethel she was well, I know she's the worst. She a stone cold bitch. <laughs> she's uh, she's not good. And we have her daughter Annie of course played
0: by I'm drawing a blank. Tony Collette. Collette who is so fucking good in this She's movie. amazing. And she she plays this character so well. She plays uh-huh. somebody who was raised in a really fucked up
1: environment by yeah. really fucked up people. She hasn't learned how to deal entirely with her emotions. Yeah. She's obviously not happy in her role as a mother. Right. Like she's she's complex sure. from the moment we see her. Well, I could even get the kind of impression that she's
0: somebody who, you know, after the events of her childhood and stuff, was around so much fucked up stuff and was so emotionally tore up. That maybe she thought maybe if I have kids that'll help me move on, mm. and in reality, it's like you need to fix yourself before you can make anybody else, yeah,
1: well, we know she didn't want to have one of her kids, yeah, so
0: I doubt that was what happened there, yeah yeah that and that's that's an interesting bit of 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 story that we'll get to as well, yeah that it is pretty interesting, and I don't think I really picked up on the first time that I
1: watched it um. Annie, Annie is amazing and builds these miniatures. Yeah, she's an artist who turns her memories into miniatures that are yeah. very detailed. Yeah, yeah, extremely, extremely so. And we have her oldest son, Peter.
0: Yeah. Well, and there's an interesting thing about Peter you were
1: talking about earlier. I like, yeah, let's I haven't on that. seen anybody point this out. Uh, Peter is obviously not Steve's son. I wonder. Like, Gabriel Byrne's son. Yeah. Yeah. 'Cause uh Peter is is a dark complexion. Yeah, olive skinned like. And Tony Collette is not. No, neither is Neither Gabriel is Byrne. Gabriel Byrne. We no. know Tony Collette or uh Annie yeah. gave birth to Peter. Yeah. Like there's no doubting that she's the mom. But there's no mention
0: of that being the dad, nor do we yeah. know how long they've been married. There's yeah. also a huge we, age gap between Peter and Charlie.
1: We do know that when well, not, not she not huge, was, I guess. Yeah, hey, they're, they're both just kind of at that school. age where they're a lot yeah. Yeah. She's thirteen, he's uh, 17, seventeen or so. 18, yeah. yeah. So actually, yeah, not not that big of an age. Gap. We know that he uh Peter, whenever uh Annie was pregnant with Peter, she didn't want to have a baby. Yeah. And she tried everything she could to have a miscarriage and it didn't work. Which makes it sound to me like she was not an adult. Right. Because an adult could have just gone and gotten an abortion. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. So, I don't... I mean, this is all background you just have to... Yeah, you have to infer. um, it, It seems like she had a relationship with somebody as a teen, got pregnant. The mom wanted her to have the baby... Because she wanted to put uh, that demon in. Yeah, she wanted to conjure the spirit of payment to uh, inhabit the the male body. Yeah. And so she pressured her into keeping the baby. Yeah. And then later she met Steve. They got a patient relationship and then that turned into a sexual relationship. Mm -hmm. They had a child themselves, they had a Charlie. Charlie. I just have to assume Charlie is his kid. It seemed like... I guess so. Yeah, it seemed like they must have been together, but maybe not. Yeah. Uh, But still, I'm interested in Peter because it's obvious that Peter is not Steve's son to me, but Steve and Peter have the best relationship. Yeah,
0: Um, they seem to be the
1: closest Yeah, for sure.
0: The family dynamic is really, really interesting in this movie because I think that i think that everybody knows that charlie's kind of fucked up yeah everybody knows yeah you know they're very they're very patient with her they're very understanding with her and stuff i think peter is the most uh-huh understanding that okay my sister's kind of kind of weird yeah you know but there's I nothing. i think
1: they might think she's autistic or something maybe yeah 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 Yeah. but like oh, she's just a demon but yeah, she's the That demon, would help. Apparently. If they knew that, they'd be like, oh, she's a That's demon. That's the demon. That's oh, oh, okay. just the demon dog. What do you do? Is that like ADD? Yeah, I think so.
0: <laughs> yeah, Peter in this movie is, is really an interesting character. And I think I missed a lot of the stuff that he puts into his role the first time through. Yeah. Because he actually does an amazing job, too.
1: <laughs> He's real good in he, this. He does an incredible job. It's got to be hard to play that. Yeah. Just like... I mean... The, the, when he comes home after Charlie's Jesus, head dude. has been knocked off by the pole, like right after where he's just sitting there with that face, just like, God, I, I was going through it with him. I know. Just like, what do you do? Absolutely. What do you do right now? Yep. What you're it's 17. What do you do? In your head at that moment. Yeah. My family is already under crisis. Yeah. I've just created a whole bunch more shit. And my sister's dead. Yeah. And, yeah, all that. And then, like, when he's laying, he just, I mean, he just goes home and yep. with the body in the back seat and just parks the car and walks in and goes to his bed and lays there yeah and that moment where like it's the morning and he's just laying there with his eyes wide open and he hears it you hear his mom just quietly in the back like saying i'm gonna go now and yeah then, then she that goes blood curdling scream. yeah oh my god dude what, what do you do? like this? The feeling in my stomach when that was happening Ugh. was just—I felt exactly what he was feeling. I just know, that. But, oh God! Like here it is. I don't think that you can
0: be a human being and not be affected by yeah. by by that scene. I mean, by Charlie's death, which is so grisly and unexpected. And at yeah. that at that point, you feel bad for her. Like yeah. you just feel bad for her because she's obviously not right. She's surrounded by a lot of sick people. Yeah, you know. And then she just dies Completely at random Yeah Uh, Unexpected I have never heard The air sucked out Of a movie theater That hard Yeah Uh, Everybody in that theater Shit their pants Whenever that happened
1: well, yeah, because the expectation from the commercials was that she's, she's like... She's a made fun character. Yeah, you, yeah. you're you probably expecting like an omen type of thing yep. where like, oh, she's evil, but like she'll be there the whole movie. Well, I expected
0: something about like the, the grandmother dying and like possessing the kid or something. Yeah, like, that would have made sense. I thought it was a spooky kid movie. Spooky kid. The trailer is phenomenally misleading yeah which is cool too because when you play you know after you see the movie itself and you're like the whole movie is about being misled yeah it makes it feel like you were in on the fucking joke too <laughs> it's so weird and you know the funny thing is is like some of the main complaints I see about this movie are about Peter and his acting and his decisions really and stuff. yeah like for example I see a lot of people complain about oh he fucking killed his sister and then just went home and went to bed what the fuck What
1: would you do at 17?
0: Like, what do you do? Here's the thing. is like, to me, whenever I watch that scene, even I watch it for the very first time, and for one, keep in mind, he's stoned. That's true. He's stoned when this happens. Oh, God. Can you imagine? Not helping situations. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that has to make it even more intense when you're like, did that just happen? Am I dreaming? Am I stoned?
1: did that really just happen? how like how do you even process that even oh not stoned how do you even process what just happened because yeah. it's i mean we okay so we should mention uh, basically they were at a party that uh annie made peter take charlie with him yeah and he wanted to go so he just wanted to flirt with his chick charlie has a nut allergy yeah and there's uh A cake at the party that apparently has nuts in it, and while Peter's off smoking weed, Charlie eats some of that cake. P.S. about that. Uh Uh-huh. Here's another complaint people make about the movie.
0: Didn't Charlie notice she was eating the cake with nuts in it? I don't think the cake had nuts in it. I think it was actually just... Just from the, the knife? It was cut with the same knife. Yeah, okay. Because I, I have cousins and stuff that have allergies yeah, that oh yeah. bad enough. That, yeah, it's like, for real. It's em. serious. Yeah, so I don't think that there was actually nuts in that cake. Okay. I think that it was, it cut was just the, the knife. knife. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Just Again, just dispelling people's dumb complaints about this movie. Well,
1: even if that's not the case, uh, twice she's asked if something she's eating has nuts in it. Like, which indicate like, she has accidentally. Yeah, you know. so... Anyway, so she starts going in an anaphylactic shock. She comes to get him. He's smoking weed. He's like, "Oh shit!" and like, you know, runs her out to the car, and he's driving fast, trying to get back home or yeah. to the hospital. Hospital, yeah, yeah. hospital. And uh, she is gasping for air. She opens the window, sticks her head out to try to get air, and just as they're coming up to this phone pole, there is a a deer, deer yeah. in the road. Now this is not a coincidence. No. In case anyone's watching this thing, like uh-uh. what a stupid coincidence! It's not a no, coincidence. It planted. It's planted. the The pole when we see it earlier has the same insignia on it as yeah. uh, the later book that we see. Yep. Uh, the funerary robe that we see the grandma in. Yeah, I was gonna say I it's didn't in even blood. Before. Yeah, it's the, on Payam on the statue at yeah. the end. Like the 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 um. Insignia represents payment, I I think. And so uh, this was all set up. The head god, that scene, her head hitting that pole, it's just so quick, absolutely unexpected, just as shocking as it is to him. uh, You did not expect it going in, but it's also so brutal. It's so brutal. To decapitate a 13-year-old girl.
0: In my memory...
1: From watching it in the theater,
0: I didn't—I didn't remember seeing her head actually get knocked off. Yeah, but you do. It was so shocking to me that I think I just kind of blocked that out and I didn't remember that happening. But yeah, going back and watching it this time, it's like, yeah, you clearly see her head pop off. That—that that scene is is unbelievably brutal, and then it's—it's it's really paid off for by like you said, Peter's reaction because when he is sitting there in the car. And it, there's no soundtrack. There's just the car idling, just the lights from the car and the red taillights from where he's stomping on the brakes. And he can't even look in the rearview mirror. Yeah. Some of the most horrifying shit I've ever seen. Because I was yeah. just sitting there in my seat going, please don't sh- don't show it. I don't want to see it. I uh-huh. don't want to see what's in there.
1: Yeah. We don't actually see that until yeah. later in a dream, isn't it? That he has a dream, or he maybe just has a a flash when he's at school. Yeah, he's at school, he's in class, and he just has this the flash where he looks up like, in yeah. the rear view and you Ugh. see it. Could you see it in that? Yeah, Ew, but only br- that. it's just like this real quick brief scene. Yeah, yeah. but his whole reaction that, like I said, I, I see
0: people bitch about, he just goes home. It's like, no, dude. Like, And again, from the very first time I watched it, the impression that I got is because he knew after he accepted that that just happened and this is reality and this is not a dream he was basically hanging on to every single moment that he had because he knew everything was going to be different after that point yeah he's like all life my family
1: everything is going to be different yeah everyone's going to look at me different I'm never going to see my sister again everything will be different yeah so when he goes I'm just going to try to live in this last little bit of time where nothing before everything changes yeah
0: Exactly. Like, to me, that is so clearly the impression that I got, and I don't know how people miss that. And I think he carries that so, so very well, mm-hmm. and it's so believable. And uh, I think I think he does a, a fucking phenomenal job. man. Yeah, he's great. And I could really even, too, I think part of the reason why I was digging Peter's performance and stuff in this movie so much, too, I think there's a lot that I can kind of relate to with this movie and with Peter in a lot of ways. Okay. Um, and, and again, this all goes back to this movie pushes all my fucked up fear buttons. Uh-huh. But like my my mom in a lot of ways kind of reminds me of Annie. Oh, okay. And her mom reminds me a lot of the... the Ethel? Uh, of Ethel. Is it Ethel or is it Ellen?
1: I don't, I don't know. I think it was the Ethel, Grand-maba. but Maybe Ellen, yeah. Uh,
0: reminds me of her because my, my Nana, my mom's mom, in life was a a crazy, horrible, manipulative person. Just no. extremely, extremely manipulative and very sick in the head. Very, very, very messed up. Oh no. And spent a lot of, you know, my mom's childhood like manipulating her and manipulating
1: other yeah, people. That's how manipulative people are.
0: Oh yeah. Very, very, very fucked up. And so I see Peter as almost being able to... I look. see Peter. <laughs> I see Peter. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I see him as being able to look at his mom and look at his grandmother and see how sick and fucked up it is. I mean, he's not even sad at the funeral, after the funeral. No. And it's like, honestly, that's how I felt after my Nana died. I was just like, uh, you know, whatever. Right. You know, because I knew that in life she was a horrible person. Yeah, you're not missing anything. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. So with, with Peter, I see him very much looking around and being like, well, this is messed up. Well, mm-hmm. she's messed up. Well, she messed this other person up. And just trying to stay sane and realizing that things are not as they should be. Yeah. You know, and even I think that explains his sympathy with Charlie and stuff too, where he's like, she's is, none of this is her fault. She was raised by my grandmother, who's a nutcase. And all this stuff. So I think that's also part of why I dig this movie so much. I think I can kind of relate a lot to some of that.
1: Yeah. You know? That's, yeah, that's interesting. I like to have... Because that, that then drives it further into you. The more you relate to a movie like this, the more... Like, that's why a lot of people who are very religious or Catholic can't watch The Exorcist or something right, like yeah. that. Right, yeah. Too real. Yeah, too real for them. Definitely. Yeah. What do you think about Joan? Joan, okay, and Dowd. Man, okay, th- it could easily be said that when Ann Dowd is first on screen, yeah. someone could say, she's not acting well. Okay, and even her like in the parking lot of the hobby yeah. store and stuff, she's like,
0: oh, the craziest thing has happened. Yeah. Everything.
1: Okay. And here's where I say Ann Dowd is acting her fucking ass off. I agree. Because... Yeah. It is hard for a trained actor, yeah, to pretend to be acting. Yes, yes, because, because Joan is acting in the movie. Yes, she is acting in the movie. Joan right. is pretending; she is not saying true things. She is lying to get payment. the uh, the Most he needs. The, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's all she's doing. And she's not an actress; she's just a woman. Like that is something that I see fail a lot. In movies where people are supposed to be deceiving other people Is that everybody's too good at it Yeah Like everybody yeah. can't be good at deception Right Acting's hard <laughs> Acting is hard Yeah
0: Pretending to be something you aren't And telling yeah. people stories that are lies In order to manipulate them You have to be really good to do that Yeah it's And hard. also
1: You can see how Despite the fact that it's obvious She's, she's acting the way she is That uh, Annie Doesn't see it as Acting because right. she doesn't know that there's an ulterior motive, right? She just sees it as a nervous woman approaching someone. Yeah, and he's obviously, probably going
0: to do some shit too. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I, I really think that uh, she's doing a great job in this, and I like how she is able to play off like she is innocently helping. Yeah, totally. But she's not no innocently ha- like. That's, that's not a seance scene. That's just a, a calling a demon forth scene. Yeah, it's just opening a, a portal to God knows what in their house. Yeah, and she knows that. She's not. She doesn't think she's sweetly talking to her grandson. No. She's trying to trick a woman into believing that she can talk to her dead daughter, yeah. when in reality, she's going to be summoning a demon. And you know what I think is fucked
0: up about that that thing, too, about the seance scene in their house? Mm-hmm. Like, Joan makes it very clear to Annie. She's like, your whole family has to be present. Uh-huh. I think the corpse is already in the attic by that yes, point. Yes, it is. So the whole family... The whole family is present. ...is present, including mm. the decapitated grandmother. Mm-hmm. Fuck, man. <laughs> it's so disturbing. Like, I'm just thinking about images from the movie. Yeah. Out.
1: Yeah, it's it's real uh, disgusting. I think
0: uh, Anne, what's the last name, Dowdy. Ann Dowd and down mm-hmm. she's got to get herself some like some movies and some roles where she plays like a great upbeat hip fun person because <laughs> it's going to get to the point where it's like she shows up in a movie and you're like oh shit <laughs> the shit's no. about to go down yeah exactly and here yeah because like i saw her yeah i saw her in this and then watching in the handmaid's tale it's just like oh yeah. shit like shit's fixing to go bad whenever she shows up <laughs> so she she's kind of like every time you see uh Ned Stark, in a oh, movie it's yeah, like, he's, oh, he's going to die he's going to die. yeah or you see Tom Cruise you're like he's going to run
1: <laughs> well he's
0: not very tall Yep. so he's got to run move him little legs somewhere fast <laughs> 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 now, let me ask you too the second time through that you watch this movie did you notice more stuff uh-huh yeah well, i know yeah, that I did. you know
1: what you know what you're looking for yeah you start to see yeah so I, like i saw how many times that uh that payment symbol. symbol was was on things i noticed yeah uh, i noticed a lot more like uh in the background you can see at different points all the people that you see later that are yes. part of the cult
0: yeah like the smiling guy at the funeral that smiles uh. at charlie who's smiling at charlie because he's like it's our lord and savior yeah which is so fucked up because you look at it the first time and you're like oh he's just trying to Trying Make to be nice. Make this kid feel more comfortable yeah. with his feet. No, but no. Not <laughs> no. at
1: all. They all have ulterior motives. He shows up later again with his dick out. With his dick out. Lots of people with their dick out at uh-huh. the end. Uh-huh.
0: Yep. And then, too, the the lady that, like, waves from across the yeah, street. Yeah, Charlie. Yeah. She's definitely at the end in the
1: attic. Yeah, she's in the attic naked. and Ugh. Yeah. Like, you, you just see those people throughout. Like, they're a yeah. part of everything. Some of them are in the support Which group. Yeah, which means, like, if you could see this movie from the perspective of the, like, actually this movie from the perspective of the cult would be less of a horror movie and more of a heist (laughs) movie.
0: Or an inspirational tale. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like Believe it, in yourself. It's <laughs> almost an Ocean 11 type, Ocean's Eleven yeah. type plan that they set up to make all this stuff happen. All right. From the get-go, we're got to get the kid hooked on chocolate. Uh-huh. She's got to love chocolate. Oh, she's got to love that chocolate. Yeah,
0: exactly. That way you can get her the
1: cake. I hope, I just hope that acrobatic guy is in there, too. Yeah. He didn't show up at the end, but I hope he was there. Yeah. I think that he was. <laughs> I think that
0: he was. Yeah. So there's here's a couple of things that I noticed this time around that I totally didn't notice the first time. So... There's that scene, the first time that we see Peter in his bedroom and he's smoking pot. Uh Uh-huh. And he, like, opens up the window and, like, blows the smoke out the window. Mm -hmm. Did you notice what happened in the foreground? No. Okay, it's really fucking weird. Okay. So, the shot of him blowing smoke out the window is, like, from... It almost looks like it's from, like, the trees. Mm -hmm. Or maybe from the treehouse, even. Okay. He blows smoke on the right side of the screen... And on the left side of the screen, there's smoke also being exhaled. Almost just like breath, Uh because it's cold. And then you also see another little puff. What? Yes. It's in the foreground. It fucking freaked me out, because I was like, what the fuck was that? Because again, his smoke is on the right, Yeah. the breath smoke is on the left. God, I have to
1: watch this again now.
0: But they're timed so perfectly that it just looks like... uh, It's all together. Yeah, exactly. Because it's smoke, so you can't really tell depth. You know, that this is foreground smoke and this is background smoke. Mm-hmm. It just kind of like fills the screen. But the smoke is totally coming from two different directions. Wow. Which is way fucked up. Now, the scene where Charlie has the severed pigeon's head mm-hmm. and she's walking out in her socks. Yeah. There's this overhead shot that shows her on the path. And it's just her walking with the pigeon head. You know the shot I'm talking about? Yeah. Did you notice that there's footsteps that she's following? No. There's fucking footsteps in the mud. Seriously. It like gave me chills whenever I
1: saw it. Man. It's terrifying. It's crazy to me to think that Ari Aster sat down and he had to have written the movie of all the things that the cult was doing. Yeah. He had to have written that so that he could throw all these things in later which means he wrote two movies Yeah, <laughs> to make one movie. Yeah, exactly. That's he's amazing. like, okay, i got
0: to weave in this cult stuff, yeah. weaving in and out of there. But
1: all the time, this whole story is going on in the background, and it, it has to hit at certain moments for it to be exactly right. Yeah. Did you notice whenever
0: Peter is in the school, and he's following that, that awesome light trail... That kind yeah, of that's payment. that's
1: payment. That thing, it, it. It seems to be yeah. payment.
0: Which I love the way that they did that effect because it just seemed. It reminds me of Poltergeist, like when uh-huh. the the light thing shoots out of the yeah. TV. I think it definitely had to be influenced yes. by that. But did you notice how like it goes down the hall and it goes around the corner? There's a door with like two glass panes. There's like somebody's arm waving in the window.
1: Yeah. I saw that. It's the that. worst. It is strange. I was wondering why that, why, why was that there? Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: I guess that was maybe somebody in the school that was working there to manipulate him.
1: Yeah. Just like, hey, payment. Yeah. What's up, dog?
0: Towards the end of the movie. Uh-huh. Um. Let me see in my notes here. Okay. So it's, it's the scene where Annie is begging Steve to burn the book. Uh-huh which by the way is a damn Oscar worthy performance. She's like somewhere in between manically coming unglued yeah and, and deeply like, depressed and deeply relieved and excited to be done with yeah, this. Yeah. She thinks it's all
1: over. She thinks she's figured it out.
0: And she's like I love you. I, you know, you're my, you're the best thing that ever happened to me mm-hmm. and holy shit, her performance right there is God, She's so good. She's phenomenal, dude. She's fucking amazing. But anyway, so after that whole scene where Gabriel Byrne um, gets set on fire and stuff. He gets Gabriel burnt. He gets Gabriel burnt up. Mm-hmm. There's an exterior of the house, and there's all those exterior shots of the house that are so cool. Yeah,
1: some of them are miniature. I'm pretty positive. They have to be. Some are miniature. Some are, are actual. Yeah. I, I know we, We'll talk about what all that miniature stuff has to do with it in yeah. a little bit, but let's get to this. There's a daylight shot
0: of the exterior of the house in the woods, and then you know how there's there's several like jump cuts in the movie where it just jumps from like day mm-hmm. to night? Yeah, I love those. Did you notice that when it goes right there from the day shot to the night shot, there's about fucking 15 naked cult members standing in the screen? What? Dead serious. In the night shot? Yes. And they're just there. The shot only lasts maybe like two seconds yeah. or so. And your eyes are fixed on the house because the house is dead center. Yeah. But whenever it switches to that night shot, there's about... I think it's about fourteen or fifteen. I gotta watch this movie again, man. It's There's so nuts. much stuff in there. It's nuts, dude. And they're just right there, but they're standing stock still, just being naked. It's the freakiest
1: shit I've ever seen, man. I mean, it's already freaky for a bunch of naked people to be standing in the woods, but Usually. to know they have a purpose, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> makes it pretty
0: damn difference. Yeah, big damn, damn difference right there.
1: Yeah, man. It's it's awesome. And I
0: love movies like this where the second time that you watch it, even when you know everything that's gonna happen, you start noticing more and more and you start noticing yeah. that this family is being manipulated mm-hmm. from the get go. Did
1: you catch when she first goes over to uh J- what's her name? Jones Joan. Dow- Joan's house. Uh she she's drinking that tea. Yeah. Okay, when she was like, with that, she reaches up and there's like it's like a leaf on her I think I don't know I think that was supposed don't know to that indicate is. She was being drugged I think Yeah Which is the
0: seance after that That was No the That was a- That was After the seance I think I can't was remember Because that would make sense If she drugged her And then made this fake seance happen Yeah but it wasn't a, a fake was seance up. I don't think Yeah I think right, it right, was right. I
1: mean because she doesn't care about Summoning payment No That's huh? her homeboy Yeah <laughs>
0: So, yeah, that, that scene was really interesting. And you can watch Joan's eyes, like, trace the
1: teacup as Anne's yeah. picking it up, too. Yeah, she's it's watching, making sure she's drinking it.
0: But that shot is really weird. It's this close up yeah. of her finger, and it's got this little crumb thing on yeah, it. Yeah,
1: that was it. Like, what the but fuck it, was it sh- that? I, that's the thing, is like, I know that it wasn't just a. Uh, we'll just throw that in there. Like, oh, there, it's very there's deliberate. a reason for it, for Absolutely. sure. Yeah. I wonder what I Like, I want to know. If it's connected to a cut scene, yeah. or if it's like still very significant. I want
0: to know about the significance of the triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, because whenever we have that one scene that shows the grandmother's bedroom, there's this triangle on the floor.
1: There also, later, is a triangle on Joan's kitchen table, exactly. and Peter's picture is in yeah. the middle of it. And there's something, I think it has something to do with the
0: geographical... Uh, point because they're at the very end where they're doing the payment like ritual. Mm-hmm. Joan says something about like we've watched for you from the northwest or something like that.
1: Well, th- yeah, it's that she's talking about payment, he's the uh, king of the uh, west. I said, yeah, before. and then they say in here specifically northwest, and they say there are eight kings, which would mean uh, northwest. North oh, east, okay. South, West, southeast also have kings represented. Interesting. Yeah. All the points on the compass. Yeah. So
0: I'm thinking maybe that triangle is pointing towards maybe payment or something. I that th- altar on Jones' table too, dude. Fuck. That's uh-huh. really when, That's one of the points too, where this movie started to really freak me out. I paused it this time too. It's like an exact, yeah. You, know, you wouldn't say reenactment, pre-enactment of the end of the movie. Oh yeah. It is cuz it's even a bunch and th- and this too again she ha yeah is one of those things where it just shows me that that cult was in and out of their house the whole fucking movie
1: Yeah, but, cause well, a bunch we, of the
0: a bunch of the figurines on the altar are ones Charlie made.
1: Yeah, they she, I was wondering like they must have taken that. Like yeah. we know like one of the earliest signs of that is uh whenever they come in to their house uh Annie and and Steve have come into their house nobody yeah. else is there. And uh, one of the doors is open that should be closed. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. And then Steve gets that call from the funeral home saying that the body has been dug up, which means that the body was probably dug up while they were gone. The the cult came in to the house, left the body up on the attic. So the body was already there in the house that whole time. Jesus Christ. And yeah, and they were in and out taking stuff, whatever they needed, getting information wow. and stuff.
0: Well, and the, the crazy thing is, too, that I noticed on Joan's altar there is how closely it replicates a lot of the stuff that's shown in Charlie's sketches. Uh-huh, okay. In Charlie's sketches early on, there is a severed pigeon head. Uh-huh. There's a severed With rabbit. With a crown. Yeah, there's a rabbit head, too. I think he's a whole rabbit. He's okay. He's just looking angry and on this altar one of them has pigeon head one of them has a rabbit head uh-huh and it's like she's totally recreated all the stuff
1: well yeah i mean she she's payment like yeah. the entire time. that that like has to set in cuz it ha- i like it uh, uh my third watch through that I had, I had to keep making myself remember that like yeah. no matter what This is the demon. Yeah. This is the demon. The demon doesn't want to be in this female form, but that it's just an empty void if the demon's not there.
0: Right. Yeah. Definitely so,
1: man. So Payman is the entire time, even when, even when she's being kind of cute, when you know she's uh, she asks if the cake is for everybody or whatever. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Like even then, it's like. Oh, that seems cute because it's a 13 year old girl, but then you remember it's a demon. Yeah. It's not cute. <laughs> Do you notice
0: how, like, literally the only thing she eats in the whole movie is chocolate? Yeah, it's candy. It's the devil's food. <gasps>
1: Do what? Yeah, it's chocolate. Uh-huh. Let's talk
0: about the use of miniatures and uh-huh. art throughout this movie because it's it's impossible to watch this and not see this theme throughout the movie. Obviously, Annie meticulously crafts her, her miniatures. Mm-hmm. We see. She's very impulsive. She, like, has to do it. Uh-huh. Even Well, if she,
1: she has a, a, an art installment coming up in six months. Yeah, that she doesn't give a fuck about clearly. Yeah, no, she's just doing her own thing. Yeah, because really. especially as her life starts to become
0: unraveled, and she starts doing all these pieces that are unrelated to her exhibit, like the car crash scene and stuff like this, it's obvious that she is just following her impulses to create this art. Which I, I yeah. think, honestly, is the impulse to be in control of something.
1: Yeah. yeah, she's trying to control the moment down to the most meticulous detail by yeah. re- representing it mm-hmm. at, in in miniature form, yeah. in which she has the tiniest level of control. And so we see uh, she she tells the story that whenever Charlie was. Born, she allowed her mother back into her life, yeah, and that her mother insisted on feeding her, yeah. But then, when we see in miniature, what it was was her mother insisted on breastfeeding, she's Charlie. dumping a boob out, yeah. Uh, not I mean, normal, did, that is not, not normal, normal for the grandmother. Uh, I mean, maybe in some cultures, not maybe mine. We, <laughs> maybe if the grandmother's 26 and the mom is 13, maybe that makes sense, maybe that makes sense. I don't think um, that's the case here. But no, no, she's an older woman. She shouldn't be lactating, I would think. I should not uh, think. But yeah, we, we see all these moments we see uh she has one miniature where it's her and her husband in bed, but and then her mom. mom is standing at the door yeah. just creepily.
0: Which you know what? What if that's like what if that was like she was there at the moment of like Charlie's conception? Oh god some shit, and that's when she like put the payment ritual into place then, Ugh, this is like gross me out thinking about this because uh-huh. that's very ghastly whenever it shows that image yeah. it's very haunting and very weird
1: yeah but she's trying to control these very strange and odd or traumatizing moments yeah by yeah just having complete control over them and, yeah. then, and then owning them yeah that's her way of dealing with her traumas uh-huh. is to
0: recreate them and be in control of them but it's interesting because even when you see her working on these things and when she's working on uh, a scene that maybe has like the miniature of her mom in it, she's still, there's a couple shots in there where she looks at the mother figurine and is like almost fearful or distrustful of it. Yeah. Even though it's just a little miniature. Yeah. You know? And this impulsive art instinct is passed on to Charlie as well, who. She I, draws a lot. Yeah. She
1: makes uh, little uh I guess you would call them dolls. Yeah. Maybe out of any trash that she finds. Yeah. So like pill bottles, uh, you know, uh paper clips, et cetera. Yeah, wire. Mm-hmm. Like
0: it reminds me very much of, of like outsider art if you ever yeah. looked at any outsider art mm-hmm. stuff. And she again also has this impulsive will to make things. And you can tell it's like, you know, when she's in school and she's obviously doing badly in school because she's making these little toys, making these figurines and stuff instead. She also has this desire to create and manipulate. It's not as strong as her mom's, and it's also not as strong as Annie's mom's, whose yeah. uh, desire for manipulation was far
1: beyond arts and crafts. Well, yeah. I mean, she's got to get them riches. Yeah. In that she's secret She's been trying knowledge. to get them riches for a long time. I can't blame her. Um, And she has to do it, apparently, it seems, through her own bloodline. Yeah because there's no attempts on other men. She tries mm. to do it with her own son and then doesn't get the shot with her grandson, does it with her granddaughter, but never has any interest in, say, trying to put payment in Steve. Right, right, right. Or or anything like that. It, it has to be through her bloodline. So she she has some connection to this demon, some hereditary connection. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, maybe. It's like yeah. that. And I like, too, that that's kind of a kind
0: of something that can be taken from this movie even out of the supernatural context and stuff i mean like i said my my nana was wackadoo fucking crazy Hmm. you know and my 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 mom uh love her to death my mom's she can be a little on the crazy side too (laughs) but me being two generations from that i know that i am also on the uh, on the crazy side of things. Yeah. But I can recognize it because yeah. I'm several generations away from it. Well, and it's been watered down a little bit. Two examples ahead of you. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. So we kind of see in this movie that these traits get watered down or change or evolve from generation to generation. Yeah, because that's, that's ultimately what I get from the women in the family is that the grandmother wanted to manipulate these people as though they were just playthings, just pawns. Right. Like miniatures. Yeah. And then Andy does the same thing. She's God amongst these miniatures. Mm-hmm. And then Charlie does the same thing in an even more insignificant way. But something that I think is kind of underlooked in terms of that analysis, too, is Peter's connection to music, which is his art. Oh. Okay. Now here's the thing, though. You're going, I never really noticed that. Because it's not really in the movie very much. Okay. The first shot that we see of Peter uh, at nighttime sitting in his bedroom. There's, like, a huge, like, it's like an 88-key, like, awesome keyboard. Yeah,
1: I noticed that. But it's just leaned up against the wall. Yeah, it's not being played. No, it's not on a stand And there is a piano downstairs as well Yeah, that comes sort of into play.
0: And he's laying on his bed with a guitar. It's after the funeral. Ah, Remember that dad comes in and checks on him? He's laying on the bed with his guitar, and this is something only a nerd would notice. But, like, what he's playing, he's holding down one finger on one string. Okay. And just kind of, like strumming with his thumb like he's basically doing nothing. Uh-huh. And even in the deleted scene his dad asks what are you playing and he says I'm just playing random strings. Huh. So he also has a little bit of a creative instinct, but it is greatly diluted. Okay. Yeah. So that's yeah, interesting. D- d- and that's a small observation, but it's still showing that that bloodline is still there. Yeah.
1: I hadn't really thought much about what hereditary meant, at all, honestly. <laughs> right. Like it just seemed like that's a cool title. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Like exactly what it could be. But oh yeah. Yeah. That I, that I think does it's... seem to be in there. There. At some point they've been touched by this demon. Yeah. Some point along the way, a payment has been a part of their family. Oh. What was that? Sound? Oh. Is a beer being open? Oh,
0: oh, snap, crackle, pop. What is this? It's a Lagunitas supercluster. just for you and me, Steve. Man,
1: I like me a supercluster. God, it's so good. I it love is Lagunitas good. so it, much. You don't normally think about this with an 8% beer, but man, this is a good little sipper.
0: It's a fine old sipper. Yeah. I agree with just you. sit
1: on a porch and sip on this all day.
0: Lagunitas just, they get me, man. They really get me over there. They really Such do. Such a delightful, full-flavored beer. Yeah, this is like uh, keep this in the fridge at all times. Yeah, kind of beer, but yeah, no, you're you're exactly right. It's like all the people that are in, especially the female bloodline, have had their lives touched by yeah. the great payment in yeah. some way. Uh,
1: well, and we should mention because I I said earlier that the mom you know had dissociative identity disorder, blah blah blah. That the, the son had uh, schizophrenia. But they didn't have any of those things. No. Those are no, just no, no. psychological attempts. Uh, a Psychologists attempt at explaining their behavior. Yeah, exactly. Which is
0: something that you can find in a lot of historical documents of, um, let's say, highly religious families thinking that they had a son or daughter that was possessed. Possessed by a
1: demon. This is the opposite of that. Yeah. Where... It is a demon. Yeah. But psychologists keep saying, no, no, no. This is. Yeah, it's DID or something. This is DID or this is depression or whatever.
0: And you said you saw a lot of negative reviews. People being like, oh, it's a bad representation of people. I saw a lot
1: of reviews that were negative that were like, this is a bad representation of. mental illness no this review is a bad
0: representation of people not paying attention to fucking movies exactly because this has nothing to do with mental illness Fuck
1: no. but yeah and the son the son was diagnosed with schizophrenia because he said the mom was trying to put other people inside of him she, she really was. was yeah actually she was trying to do that yeah
0: and even like how you said earlier that the dad died of starvation like yeah that's also something that has happened in numerous exorcism cases yeah uh the original emily rose case she Starved no. to death. Yeah. There wasn't no demon though. That wasn't no demon in that one. No, moment. there was some torturous activity. Yeah. Horrible, horrible things. Uh-huh. Now speaking of those those miniatures and stuff, Steve, it's it's got to be asked how much of this movie is even fucking real, considering yeah. the movie starts with starts yeah. with a view of the treehouse, which is mortifying, and then pans over Annie's studio to the 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 big model of the actual house. Right. And it's zooming in into Peter's bedroom and then the story starts. It's very David Lynchy.
1: Yeah. It does move in and out between the miniatures and stuff. What I would say I think is that the beginning of this is actually the end. That is, the beginning is what what is happening now after payment cuz like it was turning into morning as they were taking him up to the the treehouse yeah. and so after he becomes payment and they're saying hail payment Whoa. hail payment zooms out it it zooms out and then comes into the house and shows us that room okay and I, all of this stuff she she had made like, because the hail Payman is a miniature, right? Oh, like yeah. Like, at the end, at the that's very end a of miniature. Movie, Absolutely so. All the stuff she had already made even before everything had happened. She had already made all the scenes of the movie. Yeah, she's already made all the scenes of the movie, or is in the, the process of making them as the movie's going on.
0: Well, and that's even shown in the cinematography, too, because they, all the exteriors of the house are a real house in Utah. Yeah. But all the interiors of the house they built on a set. Yeah, it's a sound stage. Yeah, that way the camera could move in ways that almost looks like a camera moving through a miniature house. Like uh-huh. you can't
1: get those kinds of angles when there's walls and shit involved. Yeah. This is a retelling of the story. It would seem like yeah, a retelling of a, a miniaturized, ver- like an artistic version of the truth. Right. And that could but even she, that could even be from the
0: perspective of like Annie, Annie actually being a little bit on the wackadoo crazy side, and going back and be like, my mom is the family that my my mom is the reason that my family fell apart and all this stuff, mm-hmm. and she's made up this crazy story about how my mom mom was in a cult. And she did oh, all this crazy shit Like maybe, maybe none of that stuff happened You know
1: Yeah I don't know I don't want that to be I don't true. either Yeah Yeah I I would prefer it to be basically that That Annie was driven As she was in a trance To finish miniatures Of things that hadn't happened yet Like we do see at one point There's a miniature Of uh, Peter in his bed And he doesn't have with a his head. head off Yeah What the fuck is up with that Not sure what's up with that Because it doesn't Happen, Yeah. But he does almost get his head pulled off in a dream. Yeah. So maybe she was trying to represent that. Don't know. But it does seem like maybe she was in uh, the trances that she seems to go into, whether sleepwalking or whatever, in those trances... It seems like she's being controlled by the cult, and maybe in those trances she makes these miniatures of what yeah. they know is going to happen. Right, right, right. That uh, that
0: ending shot that you're talking about is one that that is extremely, extremely intriguing to me, uh, because the very last shot with the hail payment thing, mm. and it's just a cutaway of the treehouse that clearly has like walls cut out of it, as though mm. we were looking at a miniature, and it's just in the pure black. And, dude, the thing that 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 stunned me the most, too, especially the first time that I watched it, because it was just total... By the time that, fr- that last scene gets there, it's like, you just don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> and whenever it shows the, the Payman statue that has Charlie's nasty, rotten head on it, uh-huh. the nasty, rotten head of a 13-year-old child perched yep. on top of this thing... It's one of those wooden artist armatures that you'll
1: find in any artist studio ever. Yeah. But like it's human size. Full human size, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean in from what we're seeing it is. Yeah, but the only times I've ever seen those they're like six inches
0: tall. Yeah. Yeah, they're small. It's it's for making posed armature drawings and stuff like this of figures. It's totally one of those things. It is. Yeah. and so that to me it's like even the first time I saw it and I was so horrified by everything I was seeing I was like wait that's an armature what yeah. the fuck and then I mean, the last it, shot it pans out and it's like this was a miniature
1: yeah what you were looking at a miniature the whole time
0: but I mean is that also just to show that all of us are just pawns we might as well be fucking yeah. miniatures to the yeah. forces that, that control is, us
1: yeah that is the, the central theme to this is, that yeah. F- is fate yeah is yeah. that that things are just being manipulated and you have no control over them and you can't do anything about it. Yeah, you exactly. You're just quickly hurtling to your destiny. Yeah, exactly. Which
0: I think is, it is cool because maybe that, maybe that shows you that this whole movie that Annie has been trying to control these little tiny insignificant objects that aren't even real things. Yeah. But at the end, whenever... The cult wins. The cult fucking yeah, wins. They win and it shows us that yeah to to these other larger forces we're just as worthless and ins- insignificant mm-hmm. you know so maybe that's more to show that aspect of things
1: yeah i i'm very like very open to any types of meanings because this movie i i keep finding meaning and then the meaning slips away almost immediately wow um i do think though it's interesting i just recognized that this movie, like the Babadook, has a yeah. central piece of art hmm. that it revolves around. The Babadook revolves around that children's book. book, yeah, and this revolves around the miniatures. The miniatures, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Did you notice too, down in their living room, and especially as the movie is getting more fucked up, it shows it more. There's that one particular, I don't know what you'd call it, piece that Annie has created. That's almost like a totem pole. Where it's like there's an ordinary house and then under it there's like a bunch of shit and rubble and dirt and there's like this eroded old broken up house. And then underneath that there's an even more busted up broken house. Yeah. I think that that's kind of cool and symbolic too that shows from this fucked up family where you build another one, you build another home on top of that and then maybe the next one turns out a little better. But there's or, still ultimately all this shit under the surface.
1: Yeah, that also could be representative of payment moving from host to host. Oh, man, yeah. Moving from house to house.
0: Or, I mean, uh, indicative of mental illness moving from yeah. host to host, right?
1: That's true. If I mean, if this movie is really about mental illness, like if that's the thing to take away from it, then, yeah, that would be the thing that that is definitely there, is that yeah. our mental illnesses affect... They become hereditary, even if they're not genetic.
0: Well, because that's the thing.
1: And and again, I can only say this because I saw my mom
0: come from a very twisted, crazy household Uh and stuff. But it's like people like that, people like my nana, people like the the grandmother in this, try to draw people into their sicknesses. Uh Yeah. Even if they're normal. They need
1: everybody else to act
0: like them. They need everybody else to be in on it too. Mm -hmm. And that's very much like a manipulative cult-like thing to do as well. You know, so a- again, Peter, maybe he just got drugged into all this stuff. They're like, oh, you need to be sick like us, too. Well, that's, you know? yeah,
1: that's the thing I gathered from, from Peter throughout all of this is that Peter is so even keeled um, about, like, he, he is obviously going through torture. Yeah. But he doesn't, he, He's so quick to forgive his mom. Mm-hmm. He's so uh, so long suffering when she's just yelling at him at the kitchen table and oh, saying awful things to him. Like he looks
0: at her as though he knows she's not right.
1: Yeah, he knows yeah. something's off. He knows it's not right, and he's patient in that. Like yeah, he he has the ability to stay grounded and and level in a way that she doesn't. And, and again, I see people's reviews on this being like he
0: he doesn't even emote. He doesn't even act the whole movie. And it's like that must be really nice that you've never dealt with somebody that has mental illness and had to keep keep your yeah. shit together. That must yeah, be nice. Yeah, because you, you can't
1: roll your eyes. No. You can't you can't be responding to someone no. in such a uh, like, angry fit. You can't do no. that. Yeah, exactly. Because you know that person's not well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: Now, one thing I want to talk about is some of the scares in this movie. Because this movie scared the shit out of me.
1: Yeah, this movie's not... It doesn't have, I guess, traditional... Jump scares, really, Scares or anything like no. that. I guess there is whenever uh, he is... You know when he first wakes up and she's up in the corner of Dude, the ceiling in his room. that's holy shit. Unexpected.
0: That that it's like a crouching tiger, hidden dragon scene. <laughs> but I will tell you this: whenever I saw this in the theater, and maybe it's just because I saw it at like Downtown West, which is kind of an older theater and stuff, their screen was much darker than what I watched. Yeah, when on.
1: I saw it in the theater, like I did see her in the corner when she's in the corner each time, but I didn't see the people. Naked in the background. Oh most Jesus of the time. Christ, dude! No, the only ones I saw were the ones in the attic who were pretty prominently
0: shown. There was one this time, in the... okay, so when he's up in the attic, there's the three people together, including uh-huh. the waving woman. Yeah, it shows them very obviously. Yeah, but there's there's a there's a naked cult person right behind him. As soon as he walks up the fucking attic this time, that I didn't notice I in theater. I did see that. I saw it this on it. Freaked the fuck out of me. Jesus. Yeah, and and two like whenever I saw it in theater. That scene where Peter wakes up at the end of the movie, and again, you know, Annie's up in the up in the corner there. Yeah, it like shows that shot, and then I think it's like a close up of his face, and then it's back to the wide shot. Uh-huh. It wasn't until the second wide shot that I really noticed it. Whereas this one, I did see it like,
1: yeah, immediately. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: I kind of liked it better. when It was dark, and it was like, am I seeing? What yeah, the fuck is I'd that? like
1: something in between there where. Yeah. You, because like, yeah, watching it on a, a 4K monitor and stuff, it was just obvious. Yeah. Right there. I would like something in between where it's like, is that what I'm seeing? Yeah, exactly, yeah.
0: man. I'll tell you one really fucking phenomenal meta scare that this movie got me with this time. Mm. So uh, yesterday I was watching this movie and I was, I was exhausted. And I was like, oh, I got to watch the movie for the show. So I was watching it. Kate was asleep on the, on the couch here beside me. So I was Annette, basically watching this alone. And here in Tennessee, the weather just dropped. Oh, yeah. It went from nice to cold. Yeah, exactly. So, yesterday is the day that we we had to turn our heat on. Finally Uh turned our heat on for the first time because it was like 60 degrees in the house. Did it release a lot of dust? Okay, so here's the thing. So, I turned the heat on yesterday afternoon, and it was like, oh, cool. Heat's on. House started warming up. Everything is fine. Nice. Toasty. Yeah. But this movie god damn it (laughs) so i was watching this and it got right to the scene where there's the dream where annie is like telling peter about how she never wanted to have him god that's so heart-wrenching dude and then like they're both covered in the in the paint Paint thinner thinner. and then like they're both on fire Mm -hmm. it was right at that moment that for whatever reason this time the heat kicked on and you i finally got in the house that you just turned that heat on the first time and you're smelling that burnt hair smell mm-hmm. happened right, right fucking there, there. I, I turned the heat on like six hours earlier but i'm dead <laughs> serious it waited till that scene before For i got the burnt hair just, smell yeah yeah because there's hair and dog hair and stuff collected on, yeah. the, on the coils wait until right fucking there <laughs> I, and it's like I knew what was happening. <laughs> it's so perfect. But I just shook my head and I was like,
1: "Fuck God, this movie, dude." You couldn't Fuck plant this movie. like, like that's some Robert Rodriguez spy kids and four D type <of> stuff. <laughs> but like, if you could plan that, can you imagine if you could plan that in the theater for that smell mm, to just mm, come mm. at that right moment? Like, and it not be advertised, and it that not be yeah, like people don't
0: know when that's gonna come. Oh man. Jesus! And also, too, quick side note: speaking of of smells. The day after the seance, whenever Peter and Steve come back to the house, Steve is like, what's that smell? Oh, yeah. It's the fucking corpse, isn't it? Oh, holy shit. I hadn't thought about that. What did you think it was? Wait, well, what is it? Well, because typically, like, demons are accompanied by, like, a sulfur kind of smell. Oh, yeah, they are. Smell, That's true.
1: But... Yeah, in this case, it it's could like It could be either one of those, yeah, actually. There but was a corpse in the... There medic. was a corpse, but the corpse had already been there. Yeah. It could be the reason. Either could be the reason. Either way, is pretty the cool. De- the demon had been, like, called yeah. since then. So, yeah. The scene of, of Annie cutting her own head off will we'll, we'll never leave me. It'll never Jesus. leave me. Jesus, That's just that's, the
0: sound. The look on her like, face is the worst.
1: Yeah. Like, the just dead face. Just... Just Looking staring forward. right at her son, and yeah.
0: even the way that they they did up the blood and stuff. Where the blood is like really heavy on her right hand, uh-huh. but her left hand is still kind of clean. Yeah, and again on the second time through, you and I both noticed the piano is like upturned in the living room. Yeah, area.
1: she like turned over the piano, just ripped, ripped out wire a wire.
0: Yeah, so she could saw her fucking head off. And, dude, like the way it starts going faster and faster and faster. Uh-huh. And then that's when Peter jumps out the window and falls. And the sawing is still going you still on. still
1: hear it. Yeah. I was listening on my headphones and it was just like, oh, oh, yep. Yeah. And then you hear it. You hear the, you hear the, the head trip. drop. Yep. The worst.
0: Like that, that to me. And, and honestly, it, it's made the worst by the fact that it's Tony Collette and her, her physical acting and her facial expression. Yeah. She's one of those people that has. Big features. She's kind yeah. of the, the female equivalent of uh, fuck, what's his name in Scream? Oh, Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard. <laughs> you know where like her features are just but so a good big. <laughs> you know, all of her features are so huge. So whenever she emotes, it's like a huge emote. Yeah. And I I don't even know how to describe the look on her face while she's doing that. It's not hateful. It's not crazy. It's just possessed fucking possessed and mm-hmm. it is mortifying. Yeah. Yeah. Scared the shit out of me, dude.
1: Yeah, uh she does use the, you know, her ability to make amazing facial expressions, yeah. but like the thing that I noticed is her cuz like when she's she goes off at the kitchen table, oh when man. She's just like she gives like 15 different performances right there. Yeah. She's just it's incredible. All over the place. Her facial expressions are everywhere. And yep. then she just goes from like fucking pure anger to just huh. Yeah. Like, and then later when she's like she um you know, when Steve is on fire oh, and Jesus, she's like dude. her face and He's then, on fire <laughs> He's doing like He's big head like, slam dunks. Yeah, From half court.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that would've, would've been much better.
1: Yeah, it would have been. But like uh, he's on fire, and she's just got this. It's a Kubrick look, man. It's a Kubrick, Kubrick look. shining look. And then that light flashes by, and she immediately goes gone, just, just deadpan, like nothing. Like there's no way to do that without being just fucking amazing fucking at controlling address. your face. Yeah,
0: unreal, unbelievable. And, and needless to say, also too, just to brag on her performance that. That whole scene right after right after Charlie dies and she is mm. just screaming, God saying oh, she wants to die. Oh. The pain is too bad. It's oh. it's it's one of the most brutal things I've ever yeah. watched on screen. It is horrifying, utterly, uh, utterly mortifying, dude. Yeah, I, I can't like. So it's the darkest yeah. thing you can fucking imagine.
1: Yeah, no. Watching Ugh. watching that, it's it seriously like just. Every time I've seen that particular instance, it's like uh, God, I can't even talk about. it. I can't I even talk. It's, it's too it's brutal. Like it's too brutal. Yeah, yeah, I I immediately just start thinking like, what if my the, what if this is my wife? Like I would. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how I would feel. I like, know. Right. Ugh. Right. And oh, she does
0: brutal the most perfect job. Yeah. Fucking terrifying movie that again doesn't rely on jump scares. Think about this. You never even see the villain in this fucking movie. No. You never see the villain.
1: No, you don't. Payman is, at the end of the movie... Peter. this Peter. Yeah. Like, Charlie was Payman, and, but like you didn't get to see Charlie do anything except cut a pigeon's head off. Yeah. Yeah, the villain... And, and I guess... And, the, and the, the grandmother. The grandmother is... She's never of, even in the movie. She's the, like the real driving force. Yeah. And she's never even in the movie. It, it It's funny because, like, basically...
0: Well, I'll put it this way: nothing that scares you in this movie is supernatural.
1: No, it's demonic. You know? Yeah, there, there's no there are no ghosts. Uh, yeah, there's no, the spiritualist part is yeah. that's it, not important. It's demonic, completely. Now, I've seen some people sort of criticize
0: the the structure of this movie, which is somewhat unorthodox. And in our mini review, you kind of compared it to Kill List. Yeah it reminds me of kill list which uh, is
1: a very that that movie i think is an even more stark three yes. act kind of structure i love kill list but um but yeah it, it, it's an escalation to uh it's it's almost like a concerto uh uh-huh. <laughs> like yeah 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 it escalates to this just high point yeah. and ends mm-hmm. um it's a different structure than people are used to slightly yeah Though there are other movies that do it, for sure. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, um, and the thing about this movie is there's so many different tones and even character focal points that it follows throughout this three-act structure. So, from just a character perspective, the first act is about Charlie. Uh-huh. The second act is about Annie. And the third, third act, act is about Peter. Peter. Yeah. Which is also the three hosts of Payman.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah. So,
0: again, Payman is the central character of this story. Yeah,
1: he's entirely... Like, if, if you... Saw the other movie that's going on, yeah, you just see Payman overcoming obstacles, absolutely. He's our hero, Ugh, and this so is his up. hero business, yeah. cutting off his own head with piano wire to get freed to get freed so that he can finally enter the host he was supposed to be in in the first place, but whenever you watch the movie. It's
0: really easy to forget that you're watching a horror movie because it yeah. is so it's far. It's like a family drama. Movie. Yeah, I, I mean, other than, again, that little brief sighting of the grandmother's ghost. Mm-hmm. And then there's which even at that you can attribute that to be like, well, Annie's kind of crazy
1: and she's she's popping pills the whole movie. Or, yeah. maybe she's maybe she is also suffering from mental illness. Or, or something. maybe she just misses her mom. Or it's like supposed to represent that her mom's still in her thoughts or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. Any of that could be an explanation. And then the the stuff with the seance is like, yeah. okay, maybe we're adding a supernatural element. That does mean horror. That's well over an hour into the movie. Yeah, and that's well over an hour to the movie. Yeah. It's not until the last 25 minutes or so that it really just becomes clear. This is a horror movie you're watching.
0: And that's the point
1: where this movie loses a lot of
0: people. And oh, really? I can... Yeah, and I can... I can understand why to an extent. To an extent, because all of the crazy family drama stuff that happened before this Uh is very much a holy shit what could fucking happen next this movie has no rules who's gonna die next like this is brutal tragic stuff happening it's unexplored territory with you and the, the journey of this family and then maybe to some people once you reach oh okay it's a horror movie she's possessed she's chasing her son around the house it's almost familiar territory at that point. Yeah. You can kind of go from being uncomfortable knowing what's going to happen to this poor family to comfortable knowing, okay, it's a possession thing, the mom's going to run around and chase the kid. It's a horror movie now. Right. Maybe you know exactly where you are, but to me that was that wasn't even remotely the case. To me once it got to that point in the movie where she is frantically like a fucking animal chasing her own son around the house uh-huh. all these naked cult members just stand onwards and watch and he is just being tormented you know to every last fucking uh, possible extent yeah to me after you built onto to all the grief all the resentment all of the just pain that these characters have shared throughout the movie and then it comes down to and now she's chasing him around trying to murder him I think that became like some of the darkest shit I've ever seen in, yeah. in a movie, personally. I, I think that those last couple moments... Because, again, it's really just the last, what, 20 minutes of the movie it or really so? Is, yeah. That it fucking floors it. It goes from first to like sixth gear. Yeah. But I, I, I think it works so well, because, again, all the build-up, all the history, all the interaction of those characters, I think makes all that stuff so much more painful and so much more awful. Because, also, the whole time Peter is like
1: begging his mom to stop oh god he's he's, uh, like he turns into a child at that point he's just saying mommy mommy yeah
0: and he knows she's unwell that's that's the thing about this too that that to me is so important to understand just like a lot of other peter's reactions throughout the movie it's that he knows his mom is sick he knows his mom comes from a sick background Uh and he feels bad for her even as she's chasing him around the house because he knows that she's not in control. He
1: doesn't know she's possessed by a fucking demon. No, that's not even going to cross his mind. No.
0: Well, and then the thing is, too, is I know that doesn't cross his mind because it's only after he sees the fucking corpse of his grandmother up there and he starts going, this isn't real, I'm dreaming, this isn't real, this isn't happening. You know, that shows you He had no clue of any of this cult shit that was going on. Yeah,
1: no, none of this was, like, yeah, he was never involved in any of her uh, expositional revelation about the demon. To him,
0: his mom and her sickness and her trying to do the seance stuff and all this jazz, that was just his mom trying to cope with the grief of losing her mom and her daughter so close to each other and being an already fragile person to begin with. I, again, I think even at that point, he was still feeling sorry for his mom. It's the
1: craziest possible scenario you could imagine being in with your grief-stricken mom. Yeah. Is that she's finally s- just snapped. Lost and it. she's going to kill you. And she's already fucking burnt your dad alive. She and burnt shit too. your dad alive. Do you think she
0: did that? Let's talk no, about that for a second. I think
1: yeah. I think that she... Uh, I think that Payman... Uh, <laughs> was not able to enter her until there was a sacrifice. Okay. And uh she really thought that Steve throwing that book into the fire would would catch her on fire, she would sacrifice herself to save her family. Right. And she was willing to do that. Yeah. As soon as she throws the book into the fire and Steve catches on fire, she is she goes from just complete, absolute shock and terror. The light passes through her, and yeah, she just becomes payment. Yeah, payment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think there was any intent on her part to kill Steve at that point. Right. Hmm. I, um,
0: I wonder about that because that's one of those areas where it's like the rules of the movie change. Where earlier you saw Annie throw the book into the fire. Uh-huh. Annie caught on fire. She pulled the book out of the fire. She's not on fire anymore. You know, obviously, this book is somewhat of a conduit uh, yeah. between the spiritual world of payment and the physical world. She convinces Steve to throw the book into the fire so that she will burn alive and put an end to all this
1: stuff. But instead, he doesn't throw it in. She throws it she in. She throws it in. He catches on fire. Yeah, exactly. And. and Well, but payment couldn't have. Uh, he couldn't have inhabited steve right so he's not in the bloodline and stuff. I mean all of it's a trick like it, the he's constantly trick I think I think that the idea of rules when it comes to a demon have to be kind of thrown out because everything they do is supposed to be a trick to get what they want sure so well something i wonder about too as far as that sudden change of the rules
0: and stuff i i wondered if she actually did that while in one of her sleepwalking states you know, because early in the movie we had her have the talk about how she woke up and, like, she and Charlie and Peter were all covered in lighter fluid or uh, paint thinner and she was going to sure. set a match and set them on fire and stuff. I just wonder if that same thing happened and that's how
1: the dad got burnt alive, if she did that in her sleep I or don't, something. I don't know. I don't think hard the movie shows us anything that we're, that we're not supposed to believe. On face value, like, If if it's a trustworthy narrative, in other yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. if it's what we're seeing through the camera, it's true. If it's what another character's saying, it might not be true. But right. if it's what we're actually seeing, I think it's supposed to be true. But the fact that it shifts sometimes between miniature and and real life certainly yeah. blurs that. Well, and the thing is too is there's a lot of talk about her sleepwalking in the movie. Uh huh. There is, but not a lot of her sleepwalking.
0: I don't think except for there's one shot in there. It's after Charlie has died. And and this is also just a, such a great realistic attention to detail kind of thing. I love that Peter doesn't drive after that.
1: No, he rides, he, his, bike. He rides his bike everywhere. Yeah.
0: And so he rides his bike home and he's standing at the corner of the driveway. And he kind of has to like talk himself into going into the house, which is really sad. And then the camera pans over to the car and she's just in the car. Sitting. She's asleep. Is she? Yeah, her eyes are closed. Oh. But and then, then the car drives car off. car drives off. And that's when she goes to like one of the grief I meetings. couldn't tell her eyes were closed. Yeah, her eyes are closed. She's fucking asleep right there. Okay. So it's like, I wonder if there's more elements in this movie that are her sleepwalking. Because they make an awful lot of reference to they that. They do. To not ever show it. They do. So it makes me wonder if there's more stuff here where, you know, again, maybe we think she's in control of her actions, but she's actually... Sleepwalking.
1: If Ari Aster wants to release a three-hour cut of this movie, i would watch board. it. I want to say that the original
0: cut was like way longer. Yeah, I want to say that, that somewhere I did read that there was an original cut that was like three hours long, and it mainly yeah. dealt with more family stuff.
1: I'd watch it. Fuck yeah! It would be it would be even harder to watch, but I'd be interested. What were you saying that you learned about some of those weird words oh, okay. that are shown throughout oh, yeah, the movie? Oh yeah, yeah. So uh I don't even know if I want you to say these words in my house, by the way. <laughs> um so throughout the movie there are three different instances where a word is just written on the wall in pen. And it's in like Charlie's room
0: and like the bedroom. Uh huh. And
1: I can't remember, I can't remember the other one. Minutes. Anyway, uh the first one is satany. Okay. Um is written on the wall, and I, I'm getting these from a couple sources, but I mainly went with uh, Katie from uh assessments here. That Satani uh, is used in a command to bring the dead back from the spirit world. That we see that on like right behind Charlie's bed after. She dies. Right? Oh wait, no. Before she dies. Before she dies. Yeah. So this is right after her grandmother had died. So the idea is that she's she's written this on the wall to bring back the spirit of her grandmother from the spirit world. Did Charlie write it? Probably was Charlie. Or is it the cult members having access to the may have been the cult members though. Okay. The second one that we see written, and Steve sees this one, is Zazus. Okay. Now this is used in meaning more than one Zaza. Yeah, more than hey. <laughs> Multiple you got one Zaza. Zaza. Then you got two Zazas. <laughs> Three's crab. Uh huh. So this it's it's not clear exactly what it means, but it's definitely used in summoning demons, specifically uh, Anton Lavey. Oh. Uh, used it in summoning a demon that he so, supposedly communed with. He summoned up a wicked goatee mustache combination, I'll he tell did. you that. He <laughs> He summoned up a pretty wicked goatee mustache mm-hmm. combination. And then the th- third one that we see is Liftoch Pandemonium. Okay. Okay. Now, this could mean a million different possible things. Pandemonium is basically where the uh, demons, where demons live. Okay. Like their land. Is that similar to where eagles dare? Uh, we'll go where demons live. We'll <laughs> go where demons live. Is Payman a goddamn son of a bitch? I believe he might be. <laughs> I believe it might be. <laughs> okay, so this is basically used as an, a right to invoke a demon. Okay. So we've brought back the dead spirit of the grandmother. We've uh, what was the other one? Oh, we're conjuring the demon, and now we're going to invoke the demon and allow him into someone. Uh, well, that so those, that makes sense
0: too, because in the in in the book that Andy's looking at that belonged to her mom, uh-huh.
1: there there's,
0: there's a thing about kind of a three part ritual, or there's like yes. the ritual and then there is the placement of this of the spirit of payment uh-huh. and then there's a third ritual that places it into the body or yeah. something like that.
1: Yeah, so the second one was to place it in the house and then yeah, to get yeah, yeah, yeah. into yeah. the body. Ugh. Yeah, so the, those those words were an indication of what point they were in the ritual. Wow. And who wrote them there not positive but it doesn't seem like they're all in the same handwriting. The first one does seem like it may have been I Charlie's. Didn't the it handwriting, seems okay. more childish, childish or something. But then the, the latter ones don't seem quite like that. Wow. Um, and then, okay, whenever uh, Joan shows up at Peter's school. Do you oh remember man. this? She's and like, she, I release you. She says, shit. Peter, That's I expel shit. you. Expel you, yeah, and yeah. And then she says, satani, dogani, a paragon. Don't know what that means. Couldn't find. It probably not mean. good. <laughs> probably not mean. Or Probably not good. Definitely bad for, for Peter. And then she says, Peter, get out. And I was like, too soon, right? I mean, can't wow. reference another horror movie. That oh, quickly. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Get out. You should really see it.
1: P- Peter, get out. It's, re- it's really good. Yeah. Listen You'll to like Dead Lovely's episode rating for you on iTunes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> really helps him out. It just takes you a second.
1: We could edit that in there. <laughs> <I mean. laughs>
0: Damn, dude. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah, I was wondering what all that stuff means. And again, I love that this movie
1: doesn't explain shit to you. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not holding your hand. It's just like, hey, this is what's happening. You got to deal with it. Yeah,
0: exactly. Damn. You know, I gotta say too One of the things about this movie that absolutely drives it And makes it all so much more effective Is that fucking soundtrack God, it's so soundtrack good The soundtrack to this movie is utterly chilling Uh-huh Holy shit I can't imagine anybody complaining about the soundtrack to this movie
1: No, there's no reason to if you are No It, it reminds me of The Shining in positive ways Absolutely so For sure Absolutely, man Utterly, uh also i'd say I a couple of times i got like a texas chainsaw vibe just yeah the- sound texture design uh-huh. kind of stuff
0: yeah and at the same time though uh, it, it's so twisted because like during a lot of the horrifying moments it's really just the sound of like pandemonium like again it reminds me of those last scenes in the shining where Shelley devall's running through the house and there's that crazy music that has those uh it almost has like chains or something that are going choo, 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 choo. Mm-hmm. and it's so driving and fucking scary there's parts that really capture that very well but then too at the very end of the movie where the payment oh, ritual God, is being enacted it's just going
1: crazy
0: well and at the same time like what you're saying with the the horns and the bells and uh-huh. stuff that are playing in the soundtrack it's beautiful yeah, it's fucking beautiful. Like, there's nothing.
1: Yeah, it's dissonant. supposed to be a victorious moment. It is. Yeah, it's not supposed. To, we're not supposed to feel like it's a failure. That's a we, happy ending, dude. It's a happy ending. Oh, and it, it's like it's while it's he's not standing happy for here. us. No, it's happy it's for the <laughs> cult members. It's Happy for the cult members who are our, uh, been our protagonists the entire time, basically. Which is so fantastically
0: twisted. Mm-hmm. It's so fantastically twisted because it shows you. Who the protagonist of the movie has been all along it's been it's been payment payment and the cult and the cult exactly the the things that you would think of as the enemy, and when it gets to the end of the movie, the movie is like they won isn't that great uh-huh while he's standing here with this fucking rotten head of his
1: sister uh-huh. his mom his mom's decapitated body, his, his grandmother's grandma's. rotten decapitated oh, body fuck like, and all these corpses, uh, and all, all these, these cult, members. cult
0: members <laughs> and the music is so. Soothing and beautiful. And it's also, and I know this is intentional, it's slightly out of tune with itself too. It's very slightly, especially at the front of it. And it's so unnerving. I can't tell you the effect that that music has on me with how disturbing and disgusting that ending scene is. To have that soothing, beautiful, triumphant music with it Mm -hmm. is such a fucked up choice. Because it would have been so easy for that movie to end with just like, long ominous synth tones like what I put behind us while we're recording this where it's just like ooh it sounds spooky that would have been the most obvious fucking thing but somewhere the guy that did this soundtrack who I wish I wish I could remember his name somewhere I I think that he and the director must have had a conversation where it's like no this needs to sound victorious Yeah, this needs to sound triumphant and This is, I, this it, is his ascension
1: into humanhood.
0: And, dude, another thing about the soundtrack in this movie, too, that again kind of goes into sound design stuff that I absolutely did not notice while I was in the theater. Did you notice how, for, dude, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 35 to 40% of the movie, there's this like pulsating noise in the background mm-hmm. going, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. whoa. It's constant. And it seems to have no real rhyme or reason. It'll be yeah. in totally ordinary scenes, and there's just this whoop, 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 like this pulsating Gosh, noise. I didn't.
1: I didn't take. I, if I had thought about it, I would have written down what's happening when it happens, because like seems random. I think. I think that like you know, what you were saying about the smoke. I think that there are obvious effects going on, showing that there is a demon. Yeah. 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 Like the involved. shining color red and mirrors yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think some of these things are supposed to indicate that. I mean, the light is obvious. Yeah. That's an obvious thing. But the that that noise, like, there has to be a rhyme or reason to it. Or there isn't. And it's, it's just there to unnerve us. And you know what it really sounds like? It sounds like a fetal heart monitor. Oh shit! You know, like
0: when they do the scan on the pregnant belly, and you hear that
1: kind of noise—an embryo,
0: it, it, like it's being carried or yeah. something like that. Yeah, it's he's... really weird, and it's one of those things too, man. Where looking back on it, when I saw it in the theater, yeah, I bet you that I heard it, and I bet you I said, "That's noise from the movie next door."
1: That seems like. That would be what it was, because it's it yeah. just it's this wub 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 yeah thing that just seem seems to have happen a, at weird points. It and doesn't, it happens yeah, for long points of time too. It does. It will. Yeah. It just for periods where it's just going on. I wonder though, like, because it could be representative of like the fact that somebody is carrying payment at that point. yeah, or the or, cult is somewhere there in that shot, or, the cult or maybe something. there, yeah. Gosh. God, it's so weird. There's so much to catch. Uh, I I I really wish that I could just do it again. Let's just do a second episode. I mean, yeah, we've almost two. gone three hours. <laughs> so... Let's give them some more. Give them some more.
0: It's phenomenal. It, it, it's phenomenal. I, I, I can't think of much anything that I could complain about, about this movie. No. You know, I, I think the pacing, again, some people apparently find it slow but to me it's just punishing. Yeah, and it's awesome.
1: It's constant. It's yeah, it ne- yeah, there are no moments where i would say it's slow. I was never bored at all during this I movie. Think maybe if you don't have empathy it might be. Yeah, really, right? <laughs> maybe that's the problem. Think like, like if you can't comprehend how other people have like thoughts and feelings, yeah. it might be pretty hard to keep well, up with.
0: Cuz the way this movie sets up these horrible scenarios and then gives you time just to kind of bathe in them and just stew in it for a little while it lets you feel that like oh my god what would I do like what if I was in this situation and it makes it again I think all the more traumatic whenever everything falls apart everything Mm. falls apart at the end of the movie I think it makes it way more impactful whenever that happens I wouldn't change anything about the pace of this movie no I think that if you go into this expecting um a, a you know, uh, a slasher type movie as far as like a horror movie. If your idea of a horror movie is like Saw or Nightmare on Elm Street or whatever, then right, I I could see you not enjoying this movie. I love those movies. That's fine. Yeah, but they're This great. is this is not that um, at all. Yeah, this is something completely different. I would say for fans of The Witch, for fans of The Shining, House Black Coat's Daughter, Bla- oh Black Coat's Daughter, fuck yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, I think if you don't like any of those movies, you probably won't like this one.
1: No, no, yeah, this is yeah, it, that is the it's uh it's league yeah. that it's playing in for sure. And if you don't like any of those movies, yeah, this is not the movie for you. But I just I don't see how. I I guess if you go into a horror movie expecting the same thing every time. Maybe this is not the type of movie for you, Yeah, but I don't know why you would do that. Not just that sounds depriving boring. yourself of Awesome movies. Yeah, but hey, you do you. So Ben,
0: final thoughts. final thoughts on this movie. Uh, I think it's an absolute fucking masterpiece. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the greatest horror films that has ever been made. Um, I think it's unbelievable that Ari was able to go out here and make his first feature film. His first fucking feature film and just lay his dick out on the table in such a big old bad way. Mm-hmm. I mean, that thing has weight and girth and length to it.
2: I love a weighty penis. <laughs> weighty.
1: <laughs> Men don't, though. Men that like no, no, penis, no. they they prefer to not have weight. Exactly. Yep. And
0: the, the cinematography is fucking unbelievable. So many of the camera shots... And the color palette and everything in this movie. It's so gorgeous. The soundtrack is perfect. Again, for me personally, it touches all of my fear buttons. I can understand why some people don't dig it. Whenever I saw it in the theater, it was us and maybe five other people. I think two or three of them were like laughing through a lot of yeah, the Yeah, I heard
1: some laughs yeah. when I saw it too.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if they were nervous laughs or if it was just genuine like this isn't scary to me at all. Because there's even people on our Facebook group that have been like, yeah, it really fell apart and it wasn't scary. Some mm. people, it just does not land. Whatever. That's, yeah, sure. that's fine. Everybody doesn't have to like the same things. No. If you don't like it, that's fine. There's plenty of other great horror stuff that you should check sure. out. Sure, But for me, this is really my idea of everything that is terrifying. Family imploding, mental illness, cults, conspiracy, uh, everything that I fear. Everything that I fear is right here in this movie. So it's utterly mortifying. It's, um, God, man, it's so hard for me to, to rate this because in <laughs> terms of achievement, it's a fucking 10 without yeah. a doubt. It's a 10. It deserves to be on the Mount Rushmore of scariest fucking movies of all time without a doubt. Okay. Uh, and most effective, just well-made scary movies as well. Yeah. It's so, it's so hard to watch that it's, it's hard for me to watch this movie. Okay. It's so grueling. It's so depressing and depraved at times that like, you know, again, the, the Shining is fucked up as all hell, but I will watch that movie anytime. I love watching The Shining. Yeah, me too. Maybe, maybe after I watch this a few more times, maybe
1: I'll come around to it
0: to where it's like, this becomes a fun watch for me, but I really doubt it.
1: Yeah, The Shining has uh, fun moments. I guess I don't so, know yeah. that this one
0: does. No, there's nothing in this that's fun whatsoever. So, I think I'm gonna say nine and a half. Nine and a half. Because again, I don't see myself watching this many times over for the fun of it. It doesn't. I don't have fun watching this movie, mm. other than just spotting weird shit that's going on. Um, but but honestly, it, it it's a ten in terms of achievement.
1: Okay, well, um. I I agree with everything you say I will defend to the death your right to say it. <laughs> thank you sir <laughs> um, no I, I, it's all exactly right uh, it's a beautifully shot movie gorgeous well written uh, you could not write better dialogue than this movie has it's, like, uh, it's, it's so believable it's ex- like yes they're all selling it so well but like it's easy to sell. Yeah. And that's great. And especially when you're talking about such ridiculous stuff
0: as demons and cults and seances. Yeah. God, to be able to sell dialogue like that,
1: you're salesman of the month. You are. Maybe salesman of the year. You deserve a race, sir. <laughs> I don't have any problems with this movie. Right. And I would say that for me... This movie is a is not a movie that would be easy to sit down and watch without it being an experience. Yeah, I think this movie Can't is, have this one on the background while yeah, I, you know, it's always an experience. Yeah, so I love it for that. I like movies like that. I watch them when I can. Right. I don't go back to those type of movies often because it's whole thing yeah it's, an it's a big yeah. deal it's something you got to think about and deal with probably for days yeah so I think that's great though sure The fact that you can make that that you can make something that makes people have to reflect on it over and over for days yeah that's amazing that's an accomplishment that's a real achievement so this movie I think is you're right one of the best horror movies of all time yeah a lot of people lift listening might be like, What in the hell are they talking about? Sure. And these guys didn't like Halloween too. <laughs> I'm starting to think they're crazy. Yeah. No, this movie's it's absolutely amazing. I would say what are you, nine and a half. Yeah, okay. Nine I can agree with that. Yeah. Nine and a half.
0: I think if it would have had more things that that chilled you like it did me, Oh yeah. probably it probably would've gotten even more visceral reaction from you. Yeah. You know, and like I said, I think my personal connection to a lot of the subject yeah. matter here makes it all the more grueling for me. It
1: definitely like all the emotional stuff hits with me a lot. Sure. The uh, the f- the fear is there. I think, uh, there's no way that, you know, uh, an entire cult of people coming together to, uh, you know, allow a demon to take over my body <laughs> isn't frightening. Mm-hmm. But I just like it's ne- it's never been like a longstanding fear for me. So I understand why it would stick with you for way longer. Oh, yeah. Because it sticks with me, and I don't even have a long-standing fear. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Steve, what are we going to be talking about on the
0: show on next week's episode for our final week of Halloween?
1: Monster, Monster Squad.
0: we the Monster Squad. Uh-huh. Monster it's, Squad. I'm so excited to be talking if about If you want to follow movie. up... Uh, <laughs> This yeah, movie one of the most grueling, brutal, uh-huh.
1: emotionally exhausting movies of all time. You should follow it up with a movie that is in no way grueling, brutal, <laughs> or emotionally exhausting. That is Monster Squad. But it does answer the question: Does Wolfman indeed have nards? And you'll find out right now. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. So and you yeah. kick him in the nards, and it's like, oh, it hurts. Yeah, exactly, because he has. And to. You run because he's a, you know, werewolf. You got to get away from him. Yeah,
0: sure. You don't want to be around that. <laughs> <laughs> so be sure to tune in to next week's episode where we'll be talking about the immortal classic, The Monster Squad, also known by Steve as Goonies with Monster <laughs> Monster Goonies. Monster Goonies. <laughs> so good. Steve, where can they follow us on them social medias till then?
1: At Dead Lovely Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. Dead and Lovely Horror Movie Podcast group on facebook and you can email us at dead and yeah. gmail.com hit us up on all that shit be sure to rate and
0: review on itunes this podcast takes up hours and hours of our life but it just takes a few moments for you to write a five star review on itunes or your podcast app of choice seriously it really helps us out if you want to do something to help us out on the show go write yourself a dang review helps us show up on all those searches and stuff like that so much better Well, in the meantime, you guys have just been so fucking funky fresh. (laughs) And we have been dead
1: and lovely. lovely.
0: Good boy. (laughs) (laughs) That That was good.